podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of FPL Black Box. I am joined as always by Mr. Mark Southerns. We're both on red arrows on this going into the international break, but there's a certain man, Mark, who, uh, who, might, who could change our fortunes. Well, you could say that, yeah. It's difficult to ignore, isn't he? Um, but I am going to try and spend some of this episode building a case against the greatest footballer that's ever lived. That's, um, it sounds impossible, but it's not. It's not. I'm, I've listened to a few podcasts this week who have said it's very difficult to put anyone off getting Ronaldo, but there, there is an argument. Not much of an argument, as you'll see, but there is one. <laughs> so I'll look forward to try and sell that to you. But you're, you're going straight in for Ronaldo, right? Well, my argument is, like I'm seeing a lot on Twitter, it's Ronaldo. It's what else do you need. Yeah, is yeah, that an argument? Yeah. Podcast done. See you, see you next week. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying that. Yeah, I mean, it, this episode is going to be is going to be a look back to uh, game week three, uh, a bit of a look forward in terms of the analysis of Ronaldo. Then we're going to do another episode next week before, which is why you put game, game week four. two in the uh, title. Is it really? Is that what I've done? Oh, I didn't change the title. Damn, I'll, I'll change that. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is. It is a bit of a, a look back and a, and a focus on Ronaldo because it is such a ma- massive event. I mean, it's come out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming at all. I'd obviously made my transfers thinking that you know, the Kane move might go ahead and that didn't in the end. Mm. But I didn't see Ronaldo on the table as a player who would come back into the Premier League. So I was completely shocked. And now now I've got to deal with it. Um, I mean, what was your take on it when it arrived? You obviously didn't see it coming either. Oh, it was it was crazy. I mean, the whole Man City thing, you know, I started seeing all those rumours going around. And it made me feel a bit sick, really. It would have been like Terry Henry going to Spurs or... You know, I don't know. It just didn't didn't sit right no. with me. And then I saw Solskjaer's press conference where he was basically just like, "Our doors open. Like you're welcome, always welcome here." And I was like, "Oh, that's that's got to sit quite well with him." And Alex Ferguson got involved, and they pulled all the strings, and City pulled out. It's incredible. It really is. I think it's great for the Premier League. I think it's great for FPL. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love a story like this. So excited to see him back. Yeah, and 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 what I I just I'm so intrigued about what he's going to do. Like how is he? How is he going to fare against, you know, some of the, the top players now, all these years on at, at 36 years old? How is he, how, is he, his numbers going to compare? Is he, is he going to blow everybody away? Is he going to be, is he going to justify the 12.5 price mm. point? Is he going to more than justify it? I mean, there's so many questions about, you know, how, what we're going to see now in the next few months um, as Ronaldo settles into the United team and what it means for our seasons. It's absolutely fascinating. Hopefully it leads to a shake-up. Um, I'm seeing wild cards being played, of course. Um, you're not playing the wild card to get him in, though. I take it. I'm going to try not to. I mean, I can I can get him in. I can get him in uh, with a minus four, uh, or I could get Lukaku with, with a minus four. This is the beauty. You know, I was I was bemoaning regular last week and saying mm. how I was going to regret not getting him and all that. Well, he got nine points, got the three bonus, and I was thinking, oh, I've made a massive error here. But it's actually left me the money in the bank to be able to to make this move. So what I needed was a big signing for a club that people might struggle to get. What I needed was Ronaldo to be coming at 12-5, which he has done, which actually kind of suits me, weirdly enough. So I'm going to see what happens. I mean, I can I can basically upgrade um, Tony to to Ronaldo, which seems like a hell of a hell of an upgrade. Nearly as good as your uh, 
Perica to <laughs> Ronaldo or whoever it was that you were talking about doing on mm. match of the day. Uh, so yeah, at, at the moment, at the moment, I'm 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 doing it, but I'm I've been looking at some Ronaldo stats as well, and to be honest, they've made me want him even more. So I'm interested to know how you're going to build a case against him. Yeah, I think what I'll do as we progress through the show, I want to get your confidence rating on Ronaldo out of ten as we go okay. and see if I can eat away a bit of it. Um, I'm at a solid nine at the, the end. moment. You're on a nine. I thought you'd be I'm on, on a ten. Nine. Okay, you're on a nine. Well, let's see. Let's see where you are by the end of the show. Um, you know, I, I, hands up. You're getting Ronaldo. I'm not. Right. I'm not going to get Ronaldo. So let's put our cards on the table. So obviously, bear that in mind when you listen to what we're going to talk through today tonight. Um, because you know, I'm always keen to point out any detection of bias in in what we put across. And I'm going to try not to do that. But I think we owe it to people out there to actually show the other side of Ronaldo, right? Because I've heard a lot of talk of how he's going to come in and, and blow things up and, and and be somewhat the player he was before. I don't think that's going to be the case. And what we're going to look at tonight is how he how he compared last season, his numbers compared last season to Premier League numbers. And I'm going to talk about why I think there could be some issues early on um, with how he settles in and so on. And reveal a few things that perhaps illustrate that Ronaldo isn't going to get hat-tricks every other week, right? And, and I think... We almost remember that Ronaldo of years and years ago and what he was as a fancy asset. And we can't trap ourselves into thinking he's going to do the same again. And I think that's I think that's worthwhile us remind ourselves we can't expect that. But what can we expect? And I think hopefully over the course of the show we can show that. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um but let's talk about match of the day challenge though, because that went rather well, didn't it? <laughs> oh, it was it was amazing. I mean, thanks everyone who who watched that and tuned in, did match the day challenge with us. All the people that are in the chat, all the comments that I've had have been amazing. Um, yeah, it was it was when we finished it. Obviously, I hadn't been in the chat at all. So when I went over to the chat and I was, you know, talking to people and seeing all the comments about how much people enjoyed it, uh, you know, I've had loads of people saying we need to do it again. We will definitely do it again, but we'll we won't milk it too much. We'll we'll do it again mm. in probably a few months or or something like that. Because yeah, it was it was it was one that will live long in the memory for sure. I think because of the events that transpired. But yeah, it was certainly a. It was certainly a good one, wasn't it? Yeah, I do wonder, like, had had the game week gone a lot better for us, or for me, let's face it, for me, um, whether we'd have had that big an audience. I think we had almost 3,000 yeah. current viewers, which is our We record, should have known right? from that. that exactly, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I was like, thinking about it, I was like, that should have given me a few concerns. The minute I saw, like, two and a bit thousand in there, 10 minutes in, I'm like, there's something, they're, they're tuning in to see something here. And I don't think it's a Lukaku hat trick and me celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sadistic bunch out there, isn't <laughs> it? it? <laughs> and I went onto Twitter afterwards and saw all the comments. Were, oh, I can't wait to watch this later on because Martin Torrent. And I was like, oh, thanks very much. Yeah. I can see why it did very well. And, you know, I think, I think you know, I think uh, Triggerlip said it wouldn't be as good if we wouldn't have had that. And he's right, right? You know, if, if everything went swimmingly and we got an average score, above average score, and we were all like, oh, I'm happy with that. It would have been a lot more done. I did. I, me- I remember doing the Match Today Challenge a-, a while ago, a couple of years ago, and it was exactly that. It was a really boring average game mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of got to the end of it. And I was like, I looked at my points and I got like a small green arrow up like 300 places or something, like 100K to 99,000. And I was like, oh, wish I'm bothered. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it made everything so much more exciting, didn't it, for, for us watching it? I mean... Yeah. You're in therapy now, aren't you? Yeah, I I, I must admit. I mean, I think it's funny, isn't it? Because I consulted you and Luke on the Monday night before making the transfers. And I said, I said, I started the conversation going, it's Torres. I don't really want to sell Torres ahead of Arsenal. And bit by bit, you know, I 
came down in favour of doing the move. I'm not going to blame either one of you. Let me. I, I will say, though, that Luke, as the Maverick manager, I expected him to be in favour of doing the three moves and taking the hit and getting mm. rid of getting Lukaku in. He was like, mm, not so sure. It was you who were like, and yeah, I like it. And yeah, maybe well, I should have taken that on board. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, to be honest, I did like it. And I did yeah. say to you, it's Torres that's the risky. You're swapping did two you? players out. I did. I can, I'll find the should screenshot. Should have recorded it. I'll find the screenshot. But I did, I did like the moves and I still do like the moves mm. like going forward. But you were, you, we were quite clear, weren't we? You were like, we, you, Lukaku basically needs to get something against Liverpool for this to be worth it. And you were quite confident that he would, and he didn't. And I think if he had got something, it would have felt a lot better, yeah. the fact that everyone blanked. I, I think, Just, I think um, Mark, Luke's point was, if Torres does haul, he's not going to hurt you, which he didn't, right? He didn't mm. hurt me in terms of rank. But see, it hurt Luke, me. see yeah. it was Luke that, you know, you say yeah. Luke was against it, he was the one that taught you into it. But the thing is, if... if I've got to remember that if Luke is against something like that, that's a that's a warning sign, right? Because he's normally the most maverick and Oh, he's playing so template at the moment. He though. is. He's, that's true. he's 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 lost his he's yeah. lost his edge, yeah. unfortunately. At the moment. Old Tommy template, which will be relevant Tommy. when we get later. <laughs> <laughs> when we look at great the good, um, right? Uh, let's look at our game weeks in a bit of detail. Then um, let's bring yours up for sixty points. It's a meh. It's a red arrow, wasn't it? Down to five two five in the world. Um, yeah, not not happy with that. Antonio saved this, right? <laughs> well, no one did any. No one really did anything, did they? I, you know, I'm looking at this team, and the, the trouble is, when you don't have too many kind of differential players, you need them all to kind of come in. So I was relying on Sufa, Livermento, Grealish, and then that's about it because the rest are in pretty much every team. So yeah, do you want to read it was, through it for the podcast? Yeah, so Sanchez in goal, Trent, Sufa, Livermento, all blanked. Uh, well, Trent got a couple of bonus, but everyone else blanked, which is a far cry from last week. Where all my defenders delivered. Uh, Salah Fernandez, Grealish, Ben Rama. So good haul from Salah and an assist from Grealish and not much else. And then Ings, Antonio and Tony. So all delivered something. An assist from Ings, a goal from Tony and the haul from Antonio. Mm. And then Simicas Veltman and Gilmore on the bench. Just meh. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we got the captaincy right, both of us. And that <clears throat> really saved us from a massive red arrow because some went, some went Bruno. Obviously, yeah. he went Son. You only got one point less, I think, so that's fine. Um, but Antonio's form just continues to, and our faith in him continues to save us there. Um, I think you're unlucky. Livermento should have gone and assist. I mean, what was Gennaro doing oh there? God, God dear me. We watched it on match the day. It was shocking. That was, that was the worst. That was the worst. And then me thinking he'd scored because he's because of the long name on the guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. That was a moment as well. I'm Grealish, really. I mean, another, just an assist in a 5-0. Um, you know, he got yeah. a goal in a 5-0 before. So a goal and assist from 10 goals. Is that what we can expect from Grealish? I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure if if Grealish is like. If I'm worried about Grealish in the sense that he's not really getting big returns, but he's kind of ticking over, but mm. not really doing a lot. But also, kind of feel like he's getting into the right positions, and yeah. you know, he's 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 creating stuff. And like we've talked about lots of times, his his touches are up, and his touches in dangerous areas are up as well. So, yeah, I think if I was wild carding, I'd, I'd probably bin him off. But he's not. He's not really striking me as a major problem at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's look at my tale of woe. It was a 56-pointer, but with a minus four, so 52. I kind of expected a red arrow with a minus four. You always do, don't you? When you yeah. take a hit, you expect a red arrow. I was relying on, um, uh, is this the right team? No, that's not the right team, is it? I've got the wrong team in there. You wish that was realized. your team. Yeah, it's got Torres it's in it. an old team. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me try and bring my, my new team in. Hold on a minute. Uh, I'm going to do some wizardry during the show here. 
Okay, hold on. Irish boy Decky asks if I've ever played football. Uh, depends how you define playing football. Yeah, I've, do some questions and then we'll bring it <laughs> I've, up. I've played football in the sense that I'm part of a five-a-side team and I'm pretty there terrible. But other than that, uh, not really. Not exactly Not exactly a Sunday league player. It didn't take me very long, did it? Um, that was smooth. Yeah, no, pretty smooth. I should have got it right in the first place, but never mind. Uh, so there it is, Captain Antonio with the 22. So my team is Sanchez, Trent, Aileen, Shaw... Saar, Fernandes, Ombomo, Salah, Benrahma, Lukaku and Antonio. Obviously, Saar, Ombomo and Lukaku with the transfers in. Omarez, Torres and Tony, all three of which returned. <laughs> um, I think I was 32 points down on it. Uh, with oh, the four. God. So I, w- I would have been 32 points better off. Um, oh, no, maybe not because obviously the six takes six off. So I would have been 26 points better off. Still bad. Bad. Is that where does that rank in terms of like career? That, that has got to be the worst set of transfers I've made. I, I can remember. I mean, last season when we did post mortem, my transfers were really effective. Like, it was one of the things I did well on last season. So um, it's been a while since I'd have a disaster like that. Um, I guess I walked into it. I, I've got to say, part of the luck in this game is when you make a mistake, how badly you get punished for it, right? And equally, when you make a good call, how well you get rewarded, right? So. Torres out against Arsenal was a mistake. I thought it was going to be. I did talk about it in the week to you and Lou. But I could have got away with just one goal or one assist because don't forget, he started against Norwich the week before. They won 5-0 the week before and he got nothing and he Mm. went off after an hour. Now that could have happened again, but it didn't. Instead of that, he got two goals and assists. So that's variance. That's the way it goes. I can't, you know, I can beat myself up about the fact that I made the decision to get rid of Torres, but actually the fact he got that return... And the week before, got nothing against a weaker team, arguably Norwich. Maybe not though. Um, it's, that is all variant. So I, I and also it, that didn't do any harm to my rank. But I look at it and think, oh, I would have had Torres, would have had the price rise. Um, you know, so you know, I would have been in a much better position, perhaps. But now so you haven't, you haven't you know, thought about it much. I thought about it a lot, but now I go <laughs> into this game week with Lukaku as captain, home to Villa. And I don't think many will have Lukaku. I think many will now wildcard to get Ronaldo. I don't think they'll wildcard to get Ronaldo and Lukaku. So I think Lukaku at home to Villa could be effective for me. And he's only got, if he gets a couple of goals and bonus, that 26 points comes back, right? So you just never know. And he's capable of that against Villa when they've got no Martinez playing. Hmm. So, um, you know, you just never know how it's going to go. And Saul and Bomo are both at home and they performed really well in their previous home games. So... Straws clutching, maybe, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I mean, this is interesting as well because I did the turning point, the turning point tool that um, Ragaboli set up for us this week, this season, which enables me to branch my team off. And what I did at the point I made the transfers for Lukaku, I branched off and instead made the transfers I was going to make, which was Rafina in for Mares and Son in for Torres. So I was always going to get rid of Mares and Torres anyway. Mm. So in truth, even if I hadn't done Lukaku. Oh, don't blame me done, then. Right? Don't so, blame yeah, me exactly. too much. <laughs> so the, uh, but the team I would have got with that that plan would have got 67 points and would now be ranked 166k in the world. And also, managing that team for the next game week, you know, look look what I've done. I've brought Ronaldo in for Tony. I've brought Gray in for, um, for Fernandez, And I've got a team which lists Sanchez, Trent, Shaw, Veltman, Son, Rafina, Salah, Benrahma, Gray. Ronaldo, Captain, and Antonio. Arguably a better team than the one I'm going to be showing at mm. the end of the, end of the show. So what I'm, going to do, I'm going to manage that team for a few weeks and see how my actual team ranks against this one to see how catastrophic 
those mistakes were. But yeah, it's good to know at least I wasn't planning on keeping Torres. I probably would have done it anyway. Question question for you. Yeah. You know, the, the kind of point of this show is learning from mistakes and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, do you think you're... How do you think you're going to play this? Because you you say your team is arguably in worse shape now than if you'd made those moves. Your team is going to suffer from a lack of flexibility going forward. Ronaldo could hit the ground running. Do you think you would double down on this team or do you think you would consider using the wild card to sort it out if you needed it? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's... I mean, it's no more inflexible than a team that's going to have Ronaldo up front. What's the difference between my team with Lukaku up front and any team with Ronaldo up front? In fact, Lukaku is a million pounds cheaper, so I would expect every team to look pretty inflexible once they get Ronaldo in, don't you think? Well, three, six million mids. Yeah, but that's Vel- what most... Veltman, Veltman Eiling, you yeah, want but... delivering Simicat in. I think most wildcards are going to have something like that. Well, we're going to look at it later when you, you've done a wildcard team. We'll have a look at it. But I, I don't yeah, think... Yeah, it doesn't look you, like that. Well, let's have a look in a minute. But I, I, I don't <laughs> think you can get a, uh, a all-signal dancing midfield and get Ronaldo up front. No, my, my point isn't isn't to kind of attack your team. My point is more to argue, like, if, if you take a hit like that, do you think it makes you less likely to... You know, we're talking about psychology and bias mm, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Do you think it makes you more likely to double down on it? Or do you think you'd still be able to separate that and be like, crap, my team isn't doing well. I need to sort this out yeah. now. Or do you think you'd keep going with it? To You know, that, that's the kind of point I was Yeah, asking. I mean, I, I think I think I've bought into Lukaku over Ronaldo. Right? So I'm not, I'm not going to sell Lukaku to get Ronaldo for game week four. I could. I could take a hit. Yeah, I don't know that. why you would. Well, I'm not, pretty, not they're pretty even, that. I think. So I think, I think I've kind of... In 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 terms of okay, I'm all in for this now. I've got to. I definitely am in terms of Lukaku. Um, so to an extent, yeah, I guess I am. I think I want to use the wild card um, as a means of getting me out of. If I don't get Ronaldo, which I probably won't, and I hold off getting Ronaldo for a few weeks, the wild card is there to save me from, from that. Basically, if Ronaldo does hit the ground running and United adjust immediately, and he becomes massively effective straight away um then i'll have to use the wild card i think but i i'm not i am trying right now to to look at not getting ronaldo until maybe united's fixtures turn again which is around game week 14 now that might Mm. sound ridiculous but um as we look later there is there is a reason why i i think i can get away with that so yeah, you've got to be you've got to be kept. Now, as far as Torres is concerned, no, I'm I'm going to back down straight away and go. That was a mistake, and I'll probably get Torres back. So in some respects, yes, I am doubling down. I'm going to go with Lukaku over Ronaldo. But in other respects, I'm not going to go. Oh no, Torres Torres was always a getting rid of him was always a plan. That was the right move. No, I I definitely sitting here now. I think actually, I would Torres would be very highly ranked among the players that I want still because I mm. think the situation has changed in the. He played against Norwich, went off after an hour, and he got nothing. If he'd have done that against Arsenal, I would have thought his place in his starting role would be very much under threat. But he didn't do that against Arsenal. He got two goals. So everything changed. In the basis of that one match, Torres went from, in my rating, in my reckoning, Torres went from being an uncertain starter to probably now one of the most likely starters in Pep's Mm. team. So my perspective on Torres has changed as a result of that outcome. Um, whether that's right, I don't know. But Torres is a player I think a lot of people are looking at. Yeah, I mean, we're, right. we're always going to have the same problems with him. We're always going to have the same issues mm. where the lineup comes out and you're going to be worried that, that he's going to start. I mean, the, the worry I have with with getting him is just just I've gotten the bench is is, is a bit of a mess. I mean, you, I think you've probably got the same problem. I mean, having Simakas on the bench, 
Veltman, the fixtures aren't that great. I mean, Leicester, Palace, Arsenal, Norwich, they're a bit of a mixed bag. And we're going to be doubling up with the defenders as well if he comes on. And then like I've got Gilmore or, you know, Brownhill, whoever, whoever it is. Mm. So if Torres doesn't start and doesn't play, then we're going to be getting the dregs on. The fixtures aren't that great for City either. I mean, Southampton at home in game week five, but then Chelsea and Liverpool in game week six and seven. I don't think it's a no-brainer to get him, but it is obviously appealing because of the position he's playing him. Yeah, um, I'll, we'll look at our teams at the end of the show, but we're going to spend more time on that in the next episode. But I will say the moves I've got in mind will actually strengthen my bench um, and bring Torres in. I'm not to give gonna, you that cover. Yeah, to give me that cover, Yeah, because I agree with you. What I want, ideally, is Mbomo and Saar rotating in and out of the team. Yeah. And then one of them there to catch if Torres doesn't play, is yeah. what I'm thinking. But more on that later. Let's have a look at the great and the good. And and when I said Tommy Template, I was cruelly referring to Tom Stevenson, who is absolutely flying at the top of the great and the good. He's often in the chat, actually, Tom. Good evening, Tom, if you are listening. Congratulations on your start. You must be delighted. 263 points. Overall rank of 21.532. He is top. Although, like a lot of the great in the good league, he got a red arrow um, for mm. the game week. Um, real ninety-three percent template. Tom. I wasn't going to get to that. I was going to get to that in a minute. That's we'll get to that Sorry, in a minute. But that is that yeah, is outrageous. I know, but just further down, we are in the bottom three. As we are in the relegation zone, the only consolation Welcome is to my world, Mark. The only, <laughs> the only consolation is. Fabio is below us and I can't think of anyone better. Well, there isn't anyone better to be around <laughs> us than Fabio who is, of course, top of the Hall of Fame. He's had a bad start as well. He's on 224. You're on 230. I'm on 231. Still. Do you think this is a bad start? I don't think this no, is a bad No, it's not a bad start. Bad I mean, start half, in this league. Half but a million in the, the world is not a bad start. I mean, at this stage last season, we were both 2.7 million. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we had people in the chat going, why are we watching these two guys? They're like 2 million in the world. And do you remember that? And we were like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, so we're not that badly off, but it feels, it doesn't feel like a great start because of we're in the Twitter community and obviously mm. they're all doing well. Right? Most managers have started well. Um, what I will say is, just want to point out that I thought you were going to, this was going to be an episode, the first episode where you were actually above me, but it still hasn't <laughs> happened. You're still one point one behind. Bloody point, no, no, typical. I can't right? believe it. I know. Surely you've got a chance, though, in the game week four to overtake me for next week. You think so? I think it's, it's going to come down to Ronaldo v Lukaku, isn't it? it? Is. That's, going to be, that's going to be our battle probably over the next you know few weeks until I get Lukaku in game week seven. Yep. So that's probably going to dictate what, what happens. But let's get on to the template rating because uh, good old Greyhead, he's added an extra dimension to the Great and the Good League table by adding a template rating taken from livefbl.net. This is... Uh, it basically analyzes your team and compares it to the top 10K and then gives you a template rating. And Tom Stevenson is 93% template, along with FBL Matthew, along with Zoff, and along with, you know, Jem was on 91%. If I was going to pick managers who were going to have template teams at the start, Zoff would definitely be in there. I think he would admit mm. that himself, right? Maybe general to an extent. General as well, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, so, and and certainly Matthew. I mean, we saw his team at Fest, didn't we? And we were like, oof, that's, that's the most <laughs> <laughs> unexciting team. But they're all beating us, so we should shut up and take uh, take our medicine, shouldn't we, really? Well, I feel, I feel, the people I feel sorry for are the ones who went without Fernandez game week one and then probably broke their teams apart to bring him in game week two yeah. and watched him get two blanks. So... You say everyone's doing well, but I, I do know of quite a few people who are, you know, around 2 million, 3 million, Mark, who, who haven't had, you know, as, mm. as, as good a starts, if we can call us good starts as us. But yeah, plenty of time. I think game week 10 is when I'll start paying a bit more attention to, yeah. to ranks and, and where I am. I think for now, I'm just going to kind of ride it. 
I don't, I don't think, I don't know about you, I don't think Tom, with his 93% template rating, is tossing and turning at night and worrying about it. I think he's probably taking consolation <laughs> with his 21k rank and not scared and concerned about the template rating. Look at Joe, though. Joe's 73%. Does he realise this? Is he, is he, that's nosebleed time for Joe, isn't he? He's doing well with a non-template team. He's, I tell you, he's changed a bit the last couple of years. He was, he right. was the one with free, free premiums. Um, right. Was it last year? Uh, you know, when no one else had them, and yeah, it was because he had Suchek as a as a as a as a enabler. Uh, yeah, he's he's been going a few, doing a few more uh, Maverick mm. things lately. Well, we'll track that as we go. Great addition to the great and the good league. Ronaldo now, scored, I believe. Uh, oh, sorry. Ronaldo scored. Oh, in the internationals, I believe, uh, I believe okay. so. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't count as you don't get any points for that. <laughs> who, who are Portugal playing? Ireland. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the deadline day moves. I believe you spent an hour and a half on these today, so. Can you do it in 10 minutes? Um, the, <laughs> these are the key deadline moves um, as outlined by a recent article on Fancy Football Scout. Um, do you want to talk through some of these? I mean, the ones that stand out for me, bizarrely, it's probably like Connor Roberts, maybe a bit of Dan James, Edouard, maybe at Palace could be a factor. What's your thoughts on them? Well, the, the deadline day moves, yeah. Uh, so Sam and I did a video on this for Scout, which is... We- it was going to be a video like this, basically, where we talked about the deadline day moves. This is kind of exactly what I set out to do, mm. a little list like this. And instead, I found all of the transfers of all the teams at the whole of the transfer Big window. Big and we talked through all of those. So, right. yeah, I could I could have definitely condensed it into this. But if you're interested in that, check it out on the Scout channel. Uh, yeah, but it was, it was an interesting deadline day. It wasn't completely wild. I think a lot of clubs had got their business done early. I was hoping that... Uh, you know, Brighton would get a striker and we didn't. We signed a defender instead, but we needed that. We've needed a left back or a left wing back for ages. So Kukurelu, I mean, he's got an amazing reputation. Mm. Uh, I watched his highlight reel as well. And I, I need to stop watching highlight reels because obviously they only show the good things he does, but he looks really good. He, he, he gets forward, doesn't he? he Can does. he not play wing as well? Yeah, I think I think he's a winger that they're going to convert into a into a left, left wing back, right. similar to March. I think he's, he's going to offer a lot going forward. Uh, I really like the look of him. Um, Emerson Royal, so Spurs have signed a new right back. I didn't realise Aurier had gone. They terminated yeah. his contract. Yeah, he's a free agent. Yep. yep. So he went and, and Emerson came in. So he's going to be sort of competing with Tanganga, but I think Tanganga's days are probably done. Doherty right gone right as well. Doherty's, Doherty's still he? there. No, Doherty's oh, still there. Yeah, Doherty's just, just, you didn't mention still. him there as if he wasn't even a factor, but you never know. Yeah, well, he's he's not played. He's not playing mm. a lot, is he? But yeah, well, okay. With, with Emerson and Tang, um, Emerson, Tanganga and... and uh, sorry, with Emerson and Doherty, I've imagined Tanganga's time is, is up uh edward palace signed i think he's an interesting option um a six five option so for people with tony for example with nowhere to go mm. he might present himself as a, as a kind of a way out because it was only really pooky around that price range maybe mope if you wanted to go down no, armstrong road. maybe at six yeah maybe armstrong i think edward's probably the pick of of all of them other than other than tony now uh, if if Palace can can start sorting it out, so I liked him. I mean, he was linked with Brighton. Oh, yeah, all. I was going to say, were you not upset you didn't get him? Oh, I was. And fifteen million they paid for him or something like that. I I, I can't really I can't really understand it. I, Palace have done good business. They have done really, really have. good business. Really, really good mm. business. I mean, they've spent a lot of money. They spent mm. sixty six million pounds in the, in this transfer window. Um, obviously got rid of half their squads with the wages, you know. But yeah, they they have done good business and they look and they look stronger for it. So I'm interested to know how how he how he fits in. Um, and then some other signs. I mean, Saul for better call Saul for Chelsea. He looks like he's going to be a sort of a backup option, which is nice uh, for them. I mean, their squad is just absolutely ridiculous now. So they basically just got two players in every position. Mm. Um, one interesting one is, is Lookman as well for Leicester. Yeah, th- what's going to happen there? 
Well, I assume Perez is is not going to feature very much now, and it, I think it means that Leicester can just flip between these two these two styles of you know f- um, you know three centre backs and wing backs, and then the two up front. Oh, I mean, the more interesting thing is is what's going to happen with Daka and Vardy and Ian Acho and Barnes, and now Lookman's there. They've got a lot of attacking options, and I don't really know how they're going to feature. So I would I would um, avoid all of them. <laughs> Lookman Lookman played on the left for Fulham last season which is where Barnes plays. So that's yeah. what intrigued me. It's like, well, what's he going to do with him? I don't know whether Lookman He'll play on the right. left. Well, okay. He'll play on the right. Yeah, well, we'll see. He, hasn't, he didn't feature there at all, I don't think, for them. I'll have another look, but it didn't look that way. So I, I don't know. Well, I mean, we don't know about formations as well with Leicester at the moment. I mean, that no. could all change. If, they, if they're going to get Ian Acho in the team, they're going to have to change things around anyway. Yeah, I mean, nothing really caught my eye here massively. I think Dan James at Leeds could be interesting. Some talk about Rafina maybe moving to the 10. Did you touch on that with Sam today? Yeah, did. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's an interesting one. I mean, it's either going to be Dan James is competing with Harrison. I mean, I can't see Rafina missing many minutes, but it's, mm. it's going to be between Dan James and, and Harrison probably on the left. But yeah, I think the more logical thing to do is to move Rafina into the 10 because mm. they do seem to have a bit of an absence of creativity around the middle of the park and Rafina would kind of fit into that perfectly. And if you're adding Dan James's like pace on the right and then you've got Harrison on the left and Bamford up front, I think that's making them a stronger, a stronger I size. Know. I don't know. Mm. I, th- I think, I, I don't particularly rate Dan James. I don't think he's that good. And I think 26 million or whatever they paid for him is a lot of money. But I think it might have ramifications on, on Rafina. If he's getting the ball more centrally, I think he could be a better option. We'll see. I mean, I, I like Rafina out wide. Dan James, the thing about Dan, he's a, he's a hard-working defensive winger as well, right? So he he's in the Bielsa's mould in terms of run, run, run. Right? He will get them out of him. I, I think he's an astute signing. I think it gives them another impact sub which they haven't really got at the moment you know Hilda Pervader's gone now they haven't got that wide player to bring on who could make a difference and you know, they used to take Harrison off if you remember early in the season mm. last season and they had to stop doing that because they really didn't have anyone of quality to come on and make an impact well they got that now so it'll be interesting how that goes I, I don't think there's any high impact here though for fancy matches. I don't think Vlasic is going to threaten Ben Rama in any way I think he's going to might play more centrally where Thorne Nails is in my opinion but we'll have to see um, okay. Oh, just, sorry, just just quickly, um, Ronaldo, you know I said Ronaldo scored. He's missed a penalty, isn't he? Uh, he didn't score because the yeah. chat lied to me, but yeah. he has missed a penalty yeah. with Fernandes on the pitch. So. Yeah, exactly. So he's, uh, I think his penalty success rate is, I think he's taken 31 and, and scored 26, whereas um, Bruno's far, far greater than that. I think he's only missed one in his last 20-odd. So Ronaldo's penalty record isn't that great. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Ronaldo's taken more than 31 penalties. No, I think I think at Juventus he's taken 31 and scored okay, 26, right. basically, is what yeah. I read somewhere like that. anyway. But um we'll have to see. He's gonna get pens. More on that later anyway. Um let's look at some team data. So what I've done with the team data here is as I promised, I've added the ticker rank. Uh, what that is is the rank these teams are at ahead of the first three fixtures. So in other words, Manchester City, who are Rated top for minutes per XG conceded, non-penalty. They've um, gone 200 minutes um, per XG conceded, non-penalty. They were ranked 11th for the first three fixtures, so they were kind of mid-table in terms of fixture difficulty. So this gives you some idea about what teams have managed to overcome fixtures to actually do well with the defensive data, and in the moment we'll look at attacking data. And Wolves, I mean, they were their first three games were ranked 17th on the ticker, mm. and yet defensively and in attack, as we'll see in a minute, they've started brilliantly, haven't they? You need a Wolves defender in your, in your wildcard side, I think, if, if you're if you're planning on doing that. I mean, the fixtures they've got are, are incredible. And 
I've just been really, really impressed with them. Mm. And, and like I said, it's, you know, there's three 1-0 losses now, but they don't deserve to have lost any of those games. <laughs> they should have beaten United, I think, fairly comfortably. They were all over them, particularly in the first half. And against Spurs as well, played a lot better than them. And Leicester were really poor in the first game. So they'll feel like, you know, the world is against them, I think, you know, having come out of those, those with no points. Mm. But I'm, I'm expecting the clean sheets to come and I'm expecting them to start getting some goals as well. So, yeah, I mean, one, one player definitely in the wildcard side. I think there's a case to, to be made for, for Traore or, or Jimenez as well. It's really impressive data, like three big chances they've conceded, so a big chance every 90 minutes. Because they didn't, they played Leicester, Spurs and United. That's really impressive. 10 minutes per chance conceded, which is second only to Manchester City so far. Uh, and 157 minutes per XG conceded non-penalty, which is second to Man City as well. Incredible for, for a team yeah. that had really difficult fixtures. Um, Villa's defence has fared well, but then they were top of the ticker. So arguably with the best fixtures of any team, they should have started the season well. And they have defensively. Um, they've conceded a chance every 8.7 minutes. And uh, minutes per XG, 116.9, their third in our table. Brentford also faring well with fixtures of a middling. So that perhaps suggests they've done better than expected. Uh, and Chelsea, if we... Oh, my, my son's just started Harry Potter, so I'm just going to turn this off. <laughs> Every time he starts Harry Potter in his room, it comes out on my speakers here, which is kind of soothing. So really? I kind of leave it on, yes. All right, it's, it's gone now. Right. At least we, it's we Harry Potter. We don't want Stephen Fry <laughs> accompanying us throughout the uh, episode. Um, where was I? Yeah, Chelsea um, was 16th on the ticker. So they had um, pretty tough fixtures, which is why they're perhaps not at the top um, in terms of minutes per XG, non-penalty conceded. They were 102.3. Obviously, the Liverpool game has skewed their, their output. Um, down the bottom, no surprise to see Arsenal. Perhaps they did have tough fixtures. They were 18th on the ticker and they've been oh. absolutely dreadful. Right. But they did have a tough start. They did have a oh, tough start. Tough start. Yeah, but look, look, at them on, look at them against City. I mean... You've got three players twice going for the ball and all missing it. Oh, that's nothing yeah. to do with fixtures. They'd have done that against anyone. Abject, isn't it? A, a big chance conceded every 19.3 minutes. It's completely and utterly pathetic what's going on there. The next worst, 33.8, which is Burnley. Um, yeah, pretty pretty awful. Pretty awful. Um, and Burnley, yeah, down there, as I said, the set. And we, we've got to rethink Burnley, haven't we? We kind of still think Burnley as a kind of stubborn defensive team, but actually defensively, they've been pretty mm. shaky for a while now. And it's carried on into the season. Only three games. We should caveat this, of course. Three matches of data is a very small. Time. I think they've they've considered the most shots in the box as well, Burnley right. as well. Just just to add even more to this, and if Calvert Lewin's fit, I think he could be in for a bit of a field day. Could be absolutely. Um, let's look at attacking data with the same ticker rankings there as well. I think what's interesting again is Wolves seventeenth on the ticker going into these three matches are ranked fourth overall for minutes per XG non-penalty, 49.8, behind City at the top, Liverpool second, West Ham third. Again, Wolves, brilliant, right? They're, yeah, there's... The, the, the trouble is, is the accuracy. Mm. Like, they're creating chances. You know, look at Jimenez, for example. I mean, his chances created are, are amazing. He's having loads of shots. Just none of them on target. And then look at Traore, and he's, and he's having exactly the same problem, which is more, more less surprising, sorry, than, than Jimenez. But... Yeah, I, I really, I really like Wolves, and I really want to tap into that. And it, I'm, I'm surprised not to see more of their options being considered um, going forward. But I guess it's only really those two, right? Because Trinkow's there, but quite Pedence, like Trinkow. Quite yeah, like him. So do I. So do I. But I think Pedence is back now, isn't he? Or at least, mm, so you can you know, his he, minutes. He, he, he could threaten, or they could switch to four at the back, and then it's just a bit more. Yeah. Whereas Traore is definitely going to play. It's just you don't, you know, we're going to. He's such a wild card. But yeah, him, 
The trouble with Jimenez is you've got Calvert-Lewin, one of Ronaldo, Lukaku and Antonio, and it's really hard to find a place for him. Yeah. I would be tempted with the fixtures anyway. Yeah. What I want to pick out here, and again, it's only three matches, but Villa had the best fixtures and yet their attack is ranked yeah. second bottom to Arsenal. <sighs> Minutes per XG, 145.2. They've created three big chances, a shot every 12.9. So if you're thinking of holding Ings because he's returned in every game, which he has, have a look at this data because clearly they haven't started well in attacking terms at all. He's already paid back the thirty million they paid in him. He's <laughs> he's carried them to the points they've got. What have they got? Uh, two wins and a and a draw, is it? No, they lost one, didn't they? Lost a, a win, a win and a draw. So four mm. out of four out of nine. But mm. yeah, it could be it could be a lot worse of home. Yeah, but now their fixtures are pretty awful. So they didn't. Let's just say they didn't really exploit those first three fixtures. Um, no, they didn't. But their team is is still coming together, right? You still got players missing. Bailey's so. been injured. Young's yeah. been playing. Target begins been has out. retired. <laughs> he's not. He's still there. <laughs> Um, let's look at some player data. Um, and Marvez is, is absolutely trolling us there at the top. Minutes per XGI, non-penalty, 51.3. When he's on the pitch, he looks very dangerous. He's not on the pitch enough, though, is he, Laz? No. Well, he keeps coming on against tired legs and, and getting points and driving me insane. Uh, it's very, very frustrating. So, yeah, maybe he likes to be top of these charts. And that's why he hangs around at City, because he comes on for 30 minutes and normally looks quite good. Yeah, again, this is just three weeks of data. This is going to make more sense in a few weeks' time. Sterling's third in that. Again, because of his sub-appearances, he comes on 18.7 minutes per shot, 77.5 minutes per XGI non-penalty. Very good, but will he keep that up with a few weeks going with a few starts? The players I've highlighted, Trey Orry, we've already talked about as part of the Wolves kind of revolution under large, but Gallagher, 107.8 oh, yeah. minutes per XGI non-penalty. Two goals so far, a shot every 45 minutes. He's in a role which could mean he could work his way into our teams, right? Yeah, so so impressed, so impressed with him. He's he just looks so composed, doesn't he? Like the way I mean, he, he was unlucky in the in the game they had before, where he hit the kind of like what was it the outside of the bar or something yeah, against Brentford, yeah, against Brentford. And you know, I think that made a few people sit up and be like, oh, he looks like he could be a player. And then he puts in a two goal performance against West Ham, and you think, okay, they've got a player in their hands here. And you look at the signings they've got. I mean, with Elise coming in and with um, you know Edouard now up front. Mm. Once they can get past this, this fixture run, I mean, they've got Spurs and Liverpool and then they've got Leicester kind of in the next four, but then they've got a decent run after that. Newcastle, Wolves, Burnley, Villa. It's, you know, I, I think there could be, there could be an option here at 5-5. At five, five. Um, his price might have gone up a bit, but yeah, again, he's just another option around this kind of six million midfield bracket, which is someone that we should pay attention to. Yeah. I'll be monitoring him, definitely. Really handy, this. really handy. Um, further down the list, Torres. <laughs> Now on a shot every 26.8 and 133.1 minutes per XG non-penalty. Pretty good. You know, if, if a player's on this list, he's a player we've got to talk about and consider. And he's there, right? Whether he stays there now will depend on whether he can cement that start. But the numbers look good. I mean, the numbers were pretty good before even the Arsenal game, weren't they? But Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he's a class player. Like, that's mm. the other thing. Like, he's not, he's not just like a kind of random guy they've stuck in and, and things. Like, he's like a Spanish international. Like he, he basically had all the hopes of Spain resting on his shoulders in, in the Euros. You know, it was, they didn't really, well, they, they did okay, didn't they? But it was Pedri that kind of took the plaudits in the end. Mm. But going into the tournament, it was all kind of talking about Torres and how he, his kind of attacking intent was going to sort of mark how well they did. So that just shows, you know, they've got, you know, you think about Spain, all the amazing players they've had over the years, and now they're putting all those hopes on him. And I think that false nine role suits him. Because I don't think he's going to get ahead of anyone on the left now. So I think he either plays in that false nine or he doesn't play. 
So it's not really a false million. nine, though, is it? With him, he he actually is a traditional. Yeah, I think forward. I think he is, and, and we saw at the start of the season. Though he was saying, "I kind of see myself now in this mm. in this position." Um, it's where he wants to play. It's not. He's not like it's a bit like Antonio. I think it might have been a bit of a makeshift move, but now it's not. I think now he is kind of growing into the mm. role. I really rate him. I think he's. I think he's a really really good player. Yeah. And yeah, it feels like a bit of a. Yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? Because obviously you had him and then you you've yeah, sold him. Yeah, I mean, I kind of preempted it and then got off before the, the return. But it, it, like, like I said earlier, I, I've got to admit the mistake and not and swallow it and and then go back for him if they, like, I think he's a good player. And he, I've the, got to. Well, right? the thing is, you need to see something, right? Because if he, you know, he had the community shield and then he has what three games without scoring or assisting, mm. you, you, and you know the amount of options that they've got that they could put, and then they could move Gundogan up there. You know, they could put Sterling there and stuff. He needed to deliver something and. It was just kind of unfortunate for you that he did because if he if he'd blanked again against Arsenal, oh yeah, exactly, he'd have been gone. Yeah, you'd, you'd be worried that he yeah. wasn't he wasn't going to stop. But now now he's at that now he's done that. He's not going to miss out. No, but I mean the Foden and De Bruyne have still got to come back in, and I do think against the sterner opposition they might play a false nine with De Bruyne in that role. I do think that could happen. I think Torres will get the easier games. I think he'll get the home games against weaker opponents, and that's what you want, right? So at 7 million or 7-1 now, it, it's got to be still worth it, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing is he's got the chance to cement it. Mm. I think like, De Bruyne could come in and take the false nine if Torres isn't doing that well there. But, you know, if Torres goes on a run and scores in the next three games, when and then De Bruyne comes back, he's not going to suddenly bench Torres and, and stick De Bruyne in, in, that, in that team. So you're getting him in, you know, hoping that he continues to do well and... and and cements that role because someone's got to play there all season. Yeah, no, you'd hope so. Um, and I've just highlighted Mount and Havertz because they're hovering nicely ahead of that game week seven transition when Chelsea's fixtures come in. Um, I think we are going to be considering one of those two for wild cards at that point. And and they're doing well. They've started pretty well. And and they've got, you know, they've had two away games. So let's see what they, how their data improves when, when the home games come in. I expect, you know, Lukaku's making his home debut against Villa. Mm. I expect that to be a big game for Mount and Havertz as well. Okay. I really like Mount. I really like Mount at seven five. Would you prefer him if you were picking yeah. now? Would you? Yeah, just because yeah. of the set pieces. Set pieces, slightly cheaper price, mm-hmm. and his his chance creation is is just is continued to be really good, and he's carrying on from where he where he left off last season. Mm. And now he's got now he's got Lukaku to aim. I think he's in for a for a big season. I think Havertz is the sexier pick, but Mount is the sensible one. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like he's Zoffar would go for Mount over. Have a, I think <laughs> a sensible pick. It's always off, but you would, I think. Oh, t- let me know. You're basically, calling Zoe boring over and no, over but again. He, no, but he, he did himself on the way. He said himself, very pragmatic manager. And I think this is the job. When, when you've got Mount on Havertz, it, it, it's quite close. And I do think Havertz has perhaps got a higher ceiling, but Mount will just chip points away with a set of pieces. I yeah. Think. And, yeah. I'm I still not convinced on Havertz's FP option. I've said it right from the start. People were telling yeah. me he's going to hit 200 points. I wouldn't go there for you. Anyway, um, let's look at a wildcard team. Now, wildcard situation. Um, my opinion is that obviously people want Ronaldo and I get it. My opinion is that if you've got Fernandez, and, and most have, I would have thought, after the hat-trick, if they didn't have him before, then a minus four selling Fernandez for a cheaper midfielder and then upgrading Ings or even Tony, if you can afford that, would be my choice option rather than playing the wild card. I don't think I've seen a lot of teams about who are wild card and I look at their team and think there's not too much wrong with that. Yes, you you'd have to take a price drop on Simicass and things like that. Yes, you could have a stronger bench. Yes, you could have better four or five defenders. You can maybe get two four million defenders in. You could set your team up in a better position, but I don't think I've seen enough positive things 
to make me think that a minus four wouldn't be a better option. Mm. What's your what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, my team probably needs a minus eight, which which is I think the limit of where I'd go without playing the wild card. I think once you start entering mm. into the minus twelve, minus sixteen territory, silly, you, isn't it? Yeah, you're making enough changes. Um, but I think minus eight, I think, you know, you can, if, if you're using that and then you can save a transfer and you can use, save the wild card for 13, 14, something like that, then it's not, it's not so ridiculous to consider doing that. Um, but yeah, I think if you can, if you can get the players you want for minus four, then definitely, I, I think you need to remember that you're not always going to have the best squad. Like the wild card gets you maybe the best squad for one week, but then the next week you, if you could wild card again, you would. So you know, you might look at your team and think, oh, there, there's players I want. But then if you wildcard next week, there'll be players that you want that you don't have anyway. You've got, you know, do you know what I mean? It kind of, it's a never ending well, I, I think cycle, there, isn't there it? There are things we don't know yet. And I, Adam said this on Green Arrow probably more eloquently than I'm going to now. But I think there's a number of things that we, you know, he mentioned we don't know who the best four or five keeper is or whether there's a five million keeper to go for. Um, one of the things I don't think he mentioned was we don't really know the Son and Kane situation. Or, are we going to get Kane of last season? Are we going to get Son of last season? Right, Because that, that could be a factor. Because if you're downgrading Bruno to maybe get Ronaldo in, um, can you afford Son in there for 10 million? Maybe mm. if you can save money elsewhere. So there, there, there's things there. I mean, there are still unknowns three game weeks in that we could do with waiting on, I think. And that's just a couple of them. But there are more. And I think game week seven, which is was the plan for a lot of us, the wildcard still looks better to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the trouble is, is that I agree, but also this is the time where you can kind of start to get ahead from, of people, start building team value, start tapping into stuff that we do know already. I mean, a really good example, I'll just read the team out quickly, just, just before yeah. we get into and it. And this is a team that you've just put together. This is not your team. This is a team no. you put together, right? Yeah. And you've largely agreed with, which like is it. very, yeah, very like rare, it. very rare for us. Uh, so I've gone for Backman and Foster in goal. I debated you know, 4.5 options, Sanchez and, and Raya and stuff. In the end, I put Backman in, but it could, it could be any of those three. Uh, Smedo, Trent, uh, Sufau, and then Williams and Livramento, who I think are just perfect 4 million budget yeah. enablers. Those two are just great. Too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Torres, Salah, Jota, talk about him in a sec, and Ben Rama uh, with Gilmore on the bench. I think there's, there's the number of 4.5s you go for. There's, there's I think, um, Mendy of, of Leicester's gone down to 4.4 now. If you right. just want to, if you, if, you know, like you're always 0.1 short, and so you can, you could grab him. Uh, and then up front, gone for Calvert-Loon, Ronaldo and Antonio. And again, I think Ronaldo could be Lukaku. I don't think there's a huge amount. That front three, um, as I'm seeing it everywhere, every wildcard's yeah. got that front three. It's, um, re- it's really, really hard to argue against it. I think the Ronaldo-Lukaku is is the one that, that could, that could well, be a bit different. You're going to need Lukaku for seven, but yeah. for game week seven, eight, nine, ten, and 11, right? you got to. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Then that's it. So, I mean, whether people do move Ronaldo to Lukaku when it gets to game week seven, I don't know. But you kind of look at it now and think not having Lukaku is going to be difficult for the five games that Chelsea have got. So that's what you plan to do. And I guess what you're saying or about to say is Jota to Athena, is it, after a couple of weeks? Is that what you're thinking? Well, um, what, what I was about to say was we don't know the, we don't know kind of the, the extent of Firmino's injury. Um, if there's kind of conflicting reports, I think the general consensus is at the moment that he's not going to be out for mm. a long time, but that hasn't yeah. been confirmed by anyone. If he is out for a long time, then this is the kind of example of when the wild card can be quite useful at this stage. Because if you've got Simicast, for example, you're not going to be able to move for Jota. And that, you know, if you've got Trent and Salah anyway. So if Firmino's suddenly out and then Jota's going into games against uh, Crystal Palace, Brentford, Watford in you know, three of the next kind of five games on Leeds as well, you've got to think, okay, this, this might be a chance to jump on that and, and try and get, take advantage of those. Because if I don't use the wild card, 
I'm going to be on minus eight, minus 12. I'm going to be get, trying to get Ronaldo on one hand or Lukaku. I'm going to be trying to get Jota. And, and this is where I think we can use it, not just to fight a fire, but to kind of get ahead. So I'd be more tempted to pull the trigger on this if, if Firmino is out. But if he's not, then I think we can, we can hold off. Um, the other thing with this is if you, if you don't go for Ronaldo and you do have Lukaku, it means you're probably going into the Newcastle game with no United players at all. Newcastle, I mean, I've been slating mm. Arsenal, but Newcastle are pretty bad, especially at the back. Mm. Oh, they are. Defensive date, they were third bottom from the next PSG. And, the and down, the trouble yeah. is, we don't know Fernandez what his role is going to be. Greenwood might now be more at risk. Sancho, we're not trusting. So Ronaldo is the best option at United, providing he starts that game. So there's lots of decisions to be made if you're wildcarding, I think. Yeah, you? I don't think you can wildcard and not have a United player. Which, which but, kind of, it has to, well, I think it has to be Ronaldo. Yeah, it, it kind of means that if you're wild, I mean, that's why it's good news for me because I'm st- I'm sitting on the Kaku thinking, well, I don't think people are going to get him in now. In fact, his ownership's mm. going down, right? So he's probably, it, people can get him cheaper soon because his price will go down eventually. It's crazy that it didn't go up, but there you go. That's, that's the risk I took. But I, I, yeah, I don't see many people going in with Lukaku next week. Um, because if they're going to wildcard, unless they're able to get both in, but if you get both in, you've got to then. I guess you've got to downgrade Torres and Yotta to the players that to the three six million midfielders, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. or lower yeah, than that. I mean, the other thing is, if you go with Ronaldo and Lukaku, which is of course another option, it means you're, you're I mean, you're not you're not getting rid of Antonio with the four mise on, so you're, you're probably getting rid of Calvert-Lewin. Let's assume Calvert-Lewin's yeah. fit for yeah. argument's sake. I mean, there's a lot of different. There's three point two million difference in three point three million difference in in those two. Would I back a considerable amount of money on Calvert-Lewin? Scoring less than Lukaku over the next four or five games. I mean, Burnley at home straight away. I think that matches Villa, Villa at home for, for Lukaku. Um, and then you've got to make the move for him anyway in game week seven. So you're already basically booking yourself a transfer in two. It's, ah, oh, I don't know. It's, it's really well, tricky. And, and, you, and you've got the option to move Ronaldo down to Lukaku anyway in, in game week seven. So Yeah, I, but you'd have to do it, wouldn't you? That, 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 that's my point is that you can't, I don't think you can risk not having Lukaku from seven onwards. No, no way. So you're kind of saying, I'm getting Ronaldo, who I think he's going to be the best player in the game. And then you're saying, but I'm going to get rid of him for five weeks. Yeah. And that's not easy to do, I don't think. I mean, when we get to it, if Ronaldo starts well, I think there'll be a few managers going, no, I'm not going to get Lukaku. I'm just going to get Mount or Havertz. And I hope there are, because that will help me as well if I still have the situation I've got now. But I think that could happen. It's like if Ronaldo scores four goals in the next three or four games, Who's going to sell him ahead of that? Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be... Di- I mean, some will. Some will have the balls to do it. But I think some, at least half who get Ronaldo on the World Cup will probably hold him and hope Lukaku doesn't hurt them. It's, well, it's really least, intriguing. At least in game week seven, Calvert-Lewin has United away. Yeah. So you're going to feel a bit better about selling him, you know, because if, if you go for Lukaku this week over Calvert-Lewin, you're, you're basically getting rid of Calvert-Lewin before Burnley yeah, at home. I wouldn't do it this week, no. Which is it's, it's just such a good fixture for them, and and you've, you've got you can't captain both of them. You can't captain Ronaldo and and Lukaku, and I think if 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 both start and you could pick either one of them, you captain Ronaldo this week. Yeah, he's got the better fixture. Yeah, this this week you probably would. I don't think Lukaku is a bad captain, but this week, well, I, I don't know. It depends if you know Ronaldo is going to start. That's the big question, right? And how many minutes he's going to get and that kind of thing. I don't think it's absolutely definite yet. I guess the move will be ahead of game week seven, selling Trent. To upgrade Calvert Lewin in this in this scenario, would it? I mean, <sighs> yeah. I mean, game week seven they've got City at home, so at least it's a, you know at least not Watford. I mean, they've got Watford next week in game mm. week eight, and then United, and then Brighton, and then West Ham. So the fixtures do turn a little bit for for Liverpool. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you'd have to do you'd have to do something. Mm. Um, I mean, it could be Jota that goes down. 
You can't do wow. it. You, you can't. The only way you could do it and keep Ronaldo would be to sell Trent for a four million defender and try and ride that out. Um, so I. Well, so then you go with three four million. Yeah, defenders. I mean for that one week. Yeah, and then you try. Then you probably downgrade either Jota or Torres after that. It's. Fr- I think three. I, I personally think three heavy is untenable. Mm. I mean, it's what I've got at the moment. I've got. <laughs> yeah. I've got. You know. I've got Salah. Uh, Bruno and Lukaku with my team at the moment, which is why when you look at it, you you look at it and frown, right? But I don't think I can go forward with that. I think after game week four, I will have to sell Bruno and balance the team up better because I admit it is inflexible, and that's what you. I don't, so I don't think wildcard. I don't think wildcards will go free heavy hitters, but I kind of think unless your team's busted, going the wildcard and not trying to get all three in is actually mm. a bit of a waste. You should just do it with hits. I, th- I think people are going to. Uh, pull a lot of money out of their defence and this is the kind of this is the cheapest I'd really like to have in my defence I think I think this is mm. this is a fairly well structured defence because you've got the two 4 million options but then you're not pairing that with some 4.5 million options which don't really inspire me that much like Ben White Eiling Feltman they're probably the, like the best or maybe Marcel at Wolves but he could he could lose his place they're not exactly they're not players who you, you can rely on I don't think to get you points whereas I think at least with Sufal and Semedo you've got some chance of attacking returns and yeah you're not paying the earth more. I think a lot of people are going to pull a lot of money out of their defenders and, and run with really, really weak defences. And it'd be interesting to see if that kind of pays off because it just, it's just adding more pressure on your, your big names to, mm. to deliver every week. I'm, see, I'm still seeing template wildcards. I'm still seeing Rafina in there. I'm still seeing Greenwood in there. You know, I'm not, you've got Torres and Jota. I haven't seen a lot of teams with those two. I'm seeing more no. with, they've played the wildcard and yet they're still playing safe with those midfield picks which, you know, I don't blame them because they've started the season well, but I think that, um, you know, Torres and certainly Yotta, if um, Firmino is out, are worth Greenwood, it. Greenwood is, is, a, is a really interesting one because, mm. you know, he's not, he's not to me in the strongest United team now. It's, you know, it's Ronaldo, it's Fernandez at 10 and then it's Sancho and, and Rashford. That's the strongest team. But, you know, there's so much hype and, and love for, for Greenwood and he started the season so strongly. Mm. So who is he competing with? Is he competing with Ronaldo as a central striker? Or is he competing with Sancho and, and Rashford to play on the right? I, I just don't really know what what they do with him. Um, yeah. Is he there just as an impact sub now? He's not going to be happy with that. He's he's far too good. It's a shame for him. And we are going to touch him when I do the Ronaldo analysis. I think his role is quite interesting, both Rashford and Greenwood, because I think Ronaldo... I won't go into it now, uh, in a bit. Um, we've talked about getting money out of the fence. One player that we are, would be reluctant to get rid of would be Trent. And it's interesting, only three games, but we spotted a little trend that's been brought mm. up in a few podcasts. Um, and that is Trent finding his way in field a lot more, almost like Cancelo does for under Pep at City. Um, appearing in central areas more often, not staying out wide, letting others go out wide, whether it be Salah or... or um, who is who's the who's the kid Elliot Harvey Elliot um, mm. has been taken up that role and he's been covering for Trent when he does move in field as well so that that's working quite well do you see it continuing what we're looking at here is a heat map of his first three games this season versus his last three games of last season and you can see there are more touches in field it's pretty clear it's happening yeah it's constantly been talked about hasn't it how Trent is the sort of the skill set to move more in field I think you, you mentioned it about Reese James as well last season where we might start seeing him do him do more of that but I mean, Trent's like you only have to see his assist a few weeks ago, don't you? Where he, mm. you know, just just chip the ball over for for Mane to score. He's he's got the quality to, you know, in some ways it's almost like he's wasted a bit, just just stuck out on the right. I mean, obviously his his balls and stuff are, are fantastic when they come over to 
to Salah or, or Mane with us in the box. But if you can get him a bit more central and get him to unlock teams, it's only going to help him. And now they've got the defenders that can kind of cover maybe him pushing up even further a bit better than before. Like Van Dyke's getting back to speed um, as well. And Elliot, obviously, I think is happy to drop back and, and cover maybe more than they've had previously yeah. too on the right-hand side. It just gives him a bit more license to go forward. He's, I think he's, he's probably the best option he's, he's ever been. Yeah, I, I, I think it looked... I think it's as a result of last season. If you remember last season, so many of his crosses were just hitting the first man. They were being cut out. It was just every game we were seeing just Trent Alexander-Arnold just pinging hopeful balls in from out wide and they were getting nowhere. Defences were cutting them out. It's almost like Klopp has gone, we're going to move you in field a bit and change the angle of your crosses. There's no, mm. there's no doubt in his delivery is absolute quality normally. But I think defences would just find it too hard to nullify him. And he went through that period last season where he was so ineffective and he was giving the ball away through... Yeah, errant crosses and, and bad touches and so on. It recovered at the end. And I think what we've seen is the evolution of that is Klopp's gone, well, we're going to actually use you as a weapon in a different area and change up mm. where your service is going to come from. We've seen it once or twice. We saw it against Chelsea when he got Henderson in. Again, he came in, filled lovely ball over the top of the defence. And again, that gets past that first man. It's not as easy to deal with. And I think that's what we're going to see. And it's good. And he's 15 chances created, more than any other player this season so far. Yeah. There's there's just a calmness about to Liverpool, isn't there? Like you just mm. kind of feel like they're going to get the job done again. Whereas last season, you just always felt like there was a mistake about to happen or their attack wasn't clicking. They were going to miss a shot. Whereas now they're just back to being a bit clinical. And I, I just think you just can't overstay how much Van Dijk being back yeah, that's it. does that. Like just across the whole pitch. I mean, you wouldn't think he would have that much influence even for the attack. But knowing that he's there just, just behind you, I think just makes a huge difference. Makes he's, all the difference. Hell of a player. Okay, an hour in. Let's get on to the crux of the matter, which is Ronaldo. So I wanted to start with looking at um, what we can expect with Ronaldo. And what I wanted to do is just look at his data from last season in Serie A with Juventus and compare it to Premier League numbers. And it's pretty extraordinary. I mean, it's, you know, I can't, I can't, it's difficult to actually look beyond him when you look at some of this data. It's, it's crazy. Um, so the first table we've got is minutes per shot from open play. Uh, Juventus last season, 24.2 minutes per open play shot. It would have been top of all players in the Premier League. Iheanacho would have come close on 27 minutes. Yota 28.5. Greenwood, 29.9. But Ronaldo, if he translated those numbers directly to the Premier League, which is a big if, he would have been the player and, with the most open play shots. And, do, and don't forget, this isn't like, I don't know, Elianese, who sometimes appears on these charts as like the top of the thing for these metrics. This is the best player in the world. At number one for the most shots. Just, just wanted to add. Just yeah, it's to, not just, Johan Bash. No, no, no. Johan Bash. That's the no. one. He was always there, wasn't he? It's, no. it's the best player in the world taking the most shots. Yeah, but the there's, there's more. I mean, I'm going to do in-depth shot analysis in a minute. So, in terms ten, of in terms of shot volume, there is no question. Ronaldo is a different animal altogether to anything in the Premier League. If if he translates that to the Premier League directly, I think that's a big if. Right? I, I don't think we can say it's going to be the Ronaldo we saw in Serie A will be exactly be the one we get in the Premier League. I think that's a big stretch. Um, we'll, but it's going to be fascinating to see how it does translate, right? Because that attacking chart we saw earlier with the minutes per XG iron on penalty, Ronaldo should be on that soon, right? He, you'd expect him to be up there with Antonio, with Lukaku, right? Is that, is that what you're expecting? With Antonio. It's just, well, it Antonio sounds... is the, the <laughs> no, king, I know. isn't it just, he? Yeah. It just yeah. blows my mind when I hear him talk yeah. compared. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. Um, minutes per shot in the box, uh, 32.6 at Juventus. Um, now only Jota 
with 31.8 would beat that. Jota appears really high in these, and that's obviously yeah. because when he's on the pitch, he's actually incredibly dangerous, and it kind of underlines your point about Firmino being out. Jota's somewhere. 7.6, he is. is crazy. Mm. So crazy Ronaldo price. would have ranked second, just ahead of Salah. Salah won 33.5 minutes per shot in the box. Bamford 37.4. <clears> so it's not superhuman, right? You, you look at those levels, it's top, it's top five, top three or top five in the Premier League, but it's not you know, five or six minutes ahead of everybody else. He's not, he's not going to be shooting in the box far more frequently than Salah, I don't think. And don't forget, this is Serie A numbers as well, so it might mm. regress. So actually, he could be more towards Bamford or even Mane around the higher 30s. We'll have to see, right? So while that's encouraging, I don't think that's like, you know, awe-inspiring. And when you think he's only just ahead of Salah, and we know what Salah can do, but even so. Uh, minutes per shot outside the box. This is quite interesting. 43.8. Only Madison and Fernandez last season had shots from outside the box more frequently. <laughs> so he loves a shot from range still. They might not be as effective, but he, he's going to have shots from outside and inside the box. Right? We know that. These numbers make that very, very clear. Um, let's go a bit further and look at shots on target and shots off target. And yes, for shots on target, he had a shot on target every 40.6 minutes, and that would have been the highest in the Premier League. Jota second, there he is again, <laughs> 42.8. And then a massive gap to Salah, 59.3. So here, if Ronaldo does translate his Serie A form, we'd expect him to be quite a way out in front in terms of shots on target. But equally, while he has lots of shots, he has a lot of shots off target as well. Only Kane last season had a shot off target more frequently than Ronaldo. 55.2 for Kane. 57.2 for Ronaldo. And you'd expect that because they have high volume of shot. Right? So has anything surprised you so far? I, I think this is what we expected, right? Yeah, um, I'm relieved and happy to see these stats. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you say, it's not... I mean, it kind of would be superhuman if Jota wasn't there a lot of the time. It's it would kind be of on the only one. one that's yeah. that's keeping pace with him, which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, just, just to mention, Juventus did finish fourth. Yeah. In the in Syria last year, they yeah. weren't. I don't think they've been a real superpower for quite a while. Not that United particularly are, but yeah. you would think he'd get more service at United than he probably would have done at Juve. Mm, well, I'll touch on that in a okay. minute, in a bit, because there's okay. some interesting data on that. Um, and the other thing I just wanted to point out that attempted dribbles, he's not that player anymore. Right? He's not. He still attempts dribbles, but not to the level of frequency that you'd expect or maybe remember. Um, so last season, he, he attempted a dribble every 29.8 minutes, which in the Premier League would have ranked him 70th, which, you know, is nothing special at all, right? So don't expect him to be a Traore uh, or even a Mane, right? He doesn't dribble that much anymore. And I think what that tells us is he's a different player, right? He's going to be in the box and he's not going to yeah. be outside the box, running onto the ball, running at defences anymore, right? So that's what we can expect. Um, and that's that kind of backs that up. Let's look at his shots in a bit more detail. This is shot analysis. This is looking at shots on target, off target, shots blocked, and the accuracy and conversion, crucially. Um, first one, I think I want to put out, 50 shots blocked, right? So while he had 168 shots, 50 were blocked. That is more than double any other player in the Premier League. <laughs> right, so don't be absolutely seduced by that number. I saw some tweets in the week which just listed his shot volume for the last three seasons. Yeah, very good. But when you consider that 50 of his last seasons were blocked, almost a third of his shots were blocked, then he is effectively just nine shots ahead of Harry Kane. 
Do you think that is him just smashing it into walls and defenders and stuff? Or do you think that's, you know, players, you know, trying to mark him and throwing themselves in front of everything that he does? Yeah. I think him being closed down. I think it'll happen in the Premier League, probably happen a bit more. Um, Depends where he plays, but obviously he still shoots in range. um, As we see, you know, as we saw in the previous screen, he still has shots outside the box, but I think he tries pot shots, right? Low XG shots still. He still tries those. Um, but it's quite if if you if you exclude blocks, he only had nine more shots than Kane last season. Like that's still high because Harry Kane was the most in the Premier League. But it's not again, it's not superhuman, right? It's in fewer games maybe, but it's not fifty ahead of Kane. Which is if if you look at just the shot total, one hundred and sixty eight compared to one hundred and thirty seven, the gap is bigger, and it's much bigger from Salah than that. But Salah had ninety shots excluding blocks, Ronaldo one hundred and eighteen, right? So twenty eight, quite a difference, but. Considering Salah's a midfielder and you get an extra point for a goal and a clean sheet point, maybe not that much of a factor. Um, accuracy, 58.5. That's a very good accuracy given that he has high shot volume, right? Yeah. That was the one thing I was worried about. With that. I mean, 69 shots on target is unbelievably high. <laughs> yeah, that includes headers, though. And you've got to think headers are now a big part of his armoury. And a lot mm. of those are obviously closer. Um, so shots include headers. Um, yeah, his accuracy is really high, 58.5. I mean, he's not the highest. Ian Acho, 64.1. Son Hu Ming, 67.9. Cavani, 55.6. Similar accuracy. Um, so, it, again, it's not superhuman. It's top five. It's, it's elite, but it's not miles ahead of everybody else in the Premier League, I would say. And, you know, Son hmm. still looks the best finisher there. You know, Kane's quite interesting, 48.6. That's quite low. Again, that's. That's the difference there. Shot volume on Kane brings his accuracy down. For Ronaldo, it didn't. And that, that's quite interesting. Um, yeah. Conversion rate, 24.6, um, which is um, less than Lukaku, um, less than people like Wilson in that show, Son again, less than Zaha, interestingly as well, uh, 29.7. So his conversion, that is conversion of shots, um, shots on target is 24.6, is, is good. He's good, but Kane's at 21.1, Salah 24.4. So his conversion rate is on a par with, with Salah, right? Can, can, I, can I just quickly say, I mean, this is a 36-year-old who yeah, is... Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. These, these kind of numbers with players in the peak of their careers, like Kane, Salah, Lukaku, these are, you know, the fact he's... It's just... Yeah, he's just a remarkable athlete, isn't he? I like, just want to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. But, but and he, he hasn't he, done it yet, right? This no. is this is comparing him to Premier League players. So it's whether or not when he starts, after three or four weeks of data, we start seeing him matching or even bettering them. This would suggest he can, whether or not that happens. Oh, I'm so I'm just so interested to find out. I, I, I really... It's amazing. I mean, Ibrahim, you know, there was... We haven't really mentioned Ibrahimovic too no, much. I mean, no, he, yeah. he was 35 when he signed for United. He would have quite comfortably got 20 goals in the league if he hadn't got that injury um, in the Europa League. And, you know, a lot of people were saying he was kind of finished and stuff. And he started the majority of games. He was, he was fantastic. And Ronaldo's kind of that similar type of mould. I mean, he didn't do a lot of tracking back. He wasn't about dribbling and all that kind of stuff. He was no. just about getting in the box and, and scoring great goals. And that's what, and that's what Ronaldo is going to do, I think. I mean, the thing is, Sorry, I'm just I'm completely kind of um, taking over, and this is no, all no, go for complete, it. completely hypothetical. But 
what would be a kind of a, a, a bad season for Ronaldo now at 36 coming back to the Premier League? I think anything less than 20 goals in the league. Well, he's not got fewer than 20 goals in the league for never. Never. No, never. So I his, think there was one season he did. I think I think we're going back though. Well, probably, anyway. Yeah, probably when he was before he'd really broken through. I mean, mm. certainly not since yeah, his time for Real Madrid did he ever get no. did he ever get less than less, less than twenty. So if his benchmark is twenty goals, I mean, how many players like lower end of twenty goals in the league? It just yeah, he's just a different, just a completely yeah, different. But animal. we are paying twelve five for him, right? So while he's thirty six, and it, that's incredible for that comparison. But if we're paying twelve five, we've got to get twelve twenty goals, right? Haven't we? I mean, a twelve five striker. If you're buying Kane and you don't get 20 goals, you're gutted. Mm. And you've got to feel the same from an outer. So while that sounds great, 20 goals, and it certainly seems achievable, and I think he'll probably get more than that, it's probably, that's what you minimum, right? A 12.5 striker. It's got to be. He's the most expensive player in the game. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, players can have an off-season, can't they? Like, Salah could get between 15 and 20, or or probably quite unlikely now, but I mean, it could happen. Whereas... The the I just the bar is just set so it's so high for him. Mm. Um, yeah, I just I just just a thought. I just I I don't think there's ever there's there's not going to be a player that comes in that has that has that expectation of you're going to get 25 goals or this season's going to be a a disaster for you. At 36. I think 25 is a big ask. I, I think I think we'll know quite early. I think we need what four or five weeks of data, uh, and we'll see what he's doing, and then we'll know. So I think I think. He'll soon. be aiming. He'll be aiming for between twenty and twenty-five. Goals, yeah, he will be, of course. Yeah, and I yeah. think I think he's got to right. But I think that it's just in FBL terms, he'll need that. I think to justify his price, um, and it's whether or not he can get that, and how quickly he gets to the levels where he's showing he can get that. Be interesting to see um, <laughs> the one. Sorry, the one stats that you even put together is Ibrahimovic's stats in that first season, uh, and how many shots he had and stuff in, in the league. No, I haven't got that. Data no, 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 no. I'll, I'll do that in another show. We've it's quite, quite a bit. Yeah, quite. And, and I mean, he didn't have the service that, that Ronaldo's probably going to get with Sancho and Fernandez. I mean, that was when they had like Di Maria and Falcao and stuff, wasn't it? When they had a bit of a, mm, a yeah, weirdly oddly assembled team. Oh, look at the service he got and the types of goals he scored. Because, I mean, we're going to look at that Ronaldo because it is quite interesting. Um, let's look at shot locations now. This is where he takes his shots from and where he scores his goals from for Juventus in the last three seasons. Um so we saw, you know, total 168 shots last season, 64 were taken outside the box, 86 in the box, 18 in the six-yard box. And why that is relevant is his percentage of six-yard box shots and goals has increased. So the insinuation is that he is becoming more of a predator, more of a poacher, mm. less of a player who scores from distance and more about a player who you need to provide to. Obviously, his aerial power is a big factor in this. But he scored, yeah, six goals from the six-yard box last season, four the season before that, four the season before that. He took more shots in the six-yard box than ever before at Juventus last season. Uh, so 10.7% of his shots were in the six-yard box compared to 5.8 and 7.3 in the previous season. So there's a bit of a trend there. Um, so overall, I think the picture I'm getting is a player that is going to still take shots out of the box, but look how many goals he's got from outside the box. One goal from 64 shots, mm. two goals from 81 <laughs> in the previous season and one from 69. So that's where his volume is. He is going to take a lot of shots from outside the box, but we shouldn't get too excited about that. Yeah, and you think, you think about the goal he scored against Porto that kind of really made him and he's probably not going to get too many of those, uh, you wouldn't have thought. But, you know, taking loads of shots outside the box is, is, is fine. I guess the things to think about are the accuracy. 
because if they are going to be wildly inaccurate, that's going to affect him on the bonus points. Um, but also the fact that he is taking lots of shots inside the box, which is where you want him to be taking the majority of his shots. I'd be more worried if it was if it was flipped. For sure. Yeah, so we've got, we've got to see if this trend continues. Like, we expect to see high volume of shots, but about, you know, not quite half of them will be taken from outside the box. But let's see. I mean, let's see how United use him. Um, but clearly, over the years, he's becoming more of a box predator and even scoring more goals from six yards out. My friend who's a, who's a big Juventus fan, he says that he was relieved when Ronaldo left because he says the games they played without him last season, they actually, they actually looked a better side, mm. more kind of a more cohesive unit because... He just hasn't got that kind of link up and build up play that no. you know he, he might have had, and I think Zlatan was was better at that than Ronaldo's going to be. You know, yeah, he was, I mean, he's not he going to hold the ball a, up. No, he was used as a target man, and Ronaldo's not going to do that. So, yeah, I think there's there's going to be it'd be interesting to see the impact on on United in general, whether they do actually improve as a team. But yeah, I, I, for FPL option, these stats are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, we are going to see have, United will have to adjust to playing with him, right? Because he, he's not going to press. He's not, he's not going to put defences under pressure in that central area. So centre-backs are going to have more time with the ball there. Um, he's not going to play a big role in the build-up, is what I'm reading. Is what I'm, I've read a lot of articles about how he mm. played it, and that's, that's what I'm getting. Right? So they're going to have to deal with that and play a system that supports that, which is going to be really interesting, which is why I'm thinking, I don't think we can immediately think, bang, straight. It's not going to be like Lukaku against Arsenal, where he goes straight into the team, and Chelsea look like they've played with him for weeks and he just fits in. I think there'll be a little bit of teething trouble in terms of getting in the ball, getting in the service and how United adjust their He's going to get so frustrated with some of those players. Well, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. I, I think there's a bit of that. Yeah, we're going to see him you know, pointing to his feet and going, give the ball to me, um, mm. I think. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, goal involvement. Um, so again, this is just comparing minutes per goal involvement uh, for Ronaldo against other players in the Premier League last season, taking his Serie A data. Um, and it's interesting, Lukaku beats him because Lukaku got 11 assists, so his goal involvement was higher, 35 compared to 32 for Ronaldo. So Lukaku's goal involvement every 82.4 minutes, only Bale beat that in the Premier League. But then Bale had limited starts mm. and minutes, of course. Kane in between the two, though. Kane 83.4 minutes per goal involvement from that brilliant season he had with the 14 assists and 23 goals. Then comes Ronaldo on 87.6. So we are clearly getting a top three or four elite player here, but also Lukaku is that as well, right? So that's mm. important to stress that we've got a couple of new players who are going to come in and be right up there in terms of goal involvement. 29 goals. From 31 <laughs> starts. And you think Lukaku is billed as this like complete striker who's, you know, going to make Chelsea this thing, the best side ever and how he's, you know, had the best season of his life. He's in the best shape of his life. And he still didn't get as many goals as Ronaldo did in the league. 29, 30, 35. Yeah. Would have been. I mean, I, I think the dip, the difference is though, Lukaku's at his prime and he's and he can he can bring more to Chelsea than Ronaldo. Oh, yeah, goals. absolutely. I, I, so think, I think, I think, from, I think from a signing and a team perspective, Lukaku is clearly the better signing. I, I'm, I'm definitely not debating that, but I don't really care about the team. What I care about is who's going to get the most points in, yeah, yeah. In, in my side. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Craig asked a question in the chat. And I think you mentioned to me the other day. What about fantasy assists? Because these are the these are yeah. these could be these could be the block shots, totally, right? Totally, and and that's what we don't know. Right? We don't know how that shot volume will translate into assists. And it could be that he gets four, five, six assists off the back of him having a shot and someone putting in a rebound. That could easily happen. You can't really plan for that. I mean, I I might, I might do some analysis to see who's got the most fantasy assists and see what the shot volume of those players are. 
Um, so I could do that and have a look. Shots, yeah. just having a high volume of shots just creates chances to get points. That's just, that's, I mean, yeah. that's the most basic thing you can, I can yeah. say. Ass- assist from own goals as well, like deflections, yeah. right? Exactly. But so you, 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 you just, you just need to remember, when, when you've got a player who takes this amount of shots and the problem with, with someone like Traore is those shots are just wildly inaccurate. And, you know, you look at the XG and the stats, and they don't mean anything. But with Ronaldo having decent numbers for accuracy and the amount of volume of shots, but it's a perfect combination. Yeah. So I think all of what we've seen so far is is very convincing, right? Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were yeah. trying to turn me off here. No, it's going to get to that now. But so you're at about what? And still a nine, maybe even I'm a 10? I'm up to a 10. I'm right, up to a 10, to a 10 now, Mark. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's see what I can do. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's obviously incredibly difficult to build a case against Ronaldo, right? But I think <clears throat> what I've seen on Twitter and what I've seen in, you know, about in the media is a lot of talk of his shot volume and the goals he's going to score. But they haven't gone perhaps deeper into it, which is what we've done for previous players. We always do this. We always look at their double figure returns, for example, and we look at their blanks. And that's what I've done here. I've compared Ronaldo and Lukaku. And looked at the games last season where they would have got double figures in FBL. That is basically a game where they've scored either a goal and, well, it's two returns, a goal and an assist or more than one goal. And I've given them free bonus as well, just out of, yeah, just, just for the sake of it, right? It's fair because it happened to both players. So I've looked at the fixtures that they would have got double figures in. I've looked at the opponents they would have got those double figures against and the league position of those opponents. And I've also done the same for the blanks. So these are the weeks where... Ronaldo and Lukaku got nothing at all. No goals, no assists. So what you see here is, a, is game weeks 1 to 38. The cells that have nothing in, they're single goals. So they're, they're occasions where Lukaku or Ronaldo got a single goal, wouldn't have got double figures, but also wouldn't be blanked. Or they could right. be single assists, right? So um, the tale of the tape here is that there are nine double-figure returns each. Okay, So both Lukaku and... Um, Ronaldo got nine double-figure returns. Now, just to put that into perspective, Kane got, um, no, Son got 11 and Bruno got 12 last season, right? So again, that's not like massive. That's not, you know, if we're looking at these two as captains, it's really good. It's up there, top five, Mm. but it's not straight to the top. So Ronaldo isn't automatically going to be the perma-captain, in my opinion, because in terms of double-figures, Lukaku matched him. And last season, Son beat him, as did Bruno, right? In more matches, maybe, but... In arguably a worse league. Yeah, um, blanks. Ronaldo had thirteen, which is very good, in thirty-one starts, and Lukaku had fourteen in thirty-two starts. So very, very close. Again, so the captain credentials of these two players is very strong, right? Nine double-figure returns and thirteen blanks is is pretty pretty strong, right? Where it gets interesting is where you start looking at the quality of the opposition that they double-figured against and blanked against. And what I did here is that I took the double figure returns and I took the position of the opponents, the final positions in the Serie A table, and I did an average. Okay, so Ronaldo's opponents for the double figure returns, their average position is 14.6. Lukaku's was 11.7. So in other words, Ronaldo exploited weaker teams. Flat trap bully better than Lukaku. So Lukaku was actually quite effective against some of the higher teams based on that. So in other words, Ronaldo does very, very well against weak opponents or did last season, right? Mm. Really, really well. In terms of blanks as well, um, let's just look at this. Yeah, Ronaldo had 13 blanks in 31 starts. Um, 
of and I don't think I haven't got I haven't got it in my notes. We'll look at that in a minute. But basically, it's just those double figure returns. Lukaku is more likely to do it against a stronger opponent than Ronaldo, based on last season. And we're going to go into deeper analysis on that now. And the- is that is that necessarily a problem though? Because you know we're not getting rid of Salah. Like Salah's staying. Yeah. So. You could say if you've got Ronaldo and Salah, you captain Salah in the harder games and captain Ronaldo, who's more likely in the lesser games, right? That would just be the yeah. easy way to. Yeah, and actually, the, the the thing I've said I've seen on Twitter this week was uh, Luke posted about I'm going to get Ronaldo when the fixtures get better, and he got some replies saying, "Well, as if the fixtures matter, they do matter. Right? Clearly, they matter because Ronaldo scores far more goals against the weaker teams than he does the high at the, the better teams. I'm going to show you in detail mm. that." The blanks, actually, I've got the figures for the blanks. Ronaldo, the average position of Ronaldo's blanks was 9.2. That was the average rank of the team he blanked against. And Lukaku was 8.7. So very little between that. Um, so in other words, I think Lukaku is less likely to blank a little bit against high opponents. There's so little in that, it doesn't really matter. It's the, it's the double figures which are interesting. The halls didn't come against the top teams for Ronaldo. Um, and we'll look at it in a bit more detail with this. This is Ronaldo against the top six and Ronaldo against the bottom six. And the top six obviously included Juventus. They were fourth. So it's the other five teams, right? Inter, AC Milan, Atalanta, Napoli and Lazio. He missed one game at Atalanta away for injury. He scored three goals against those teams, against those Mm. fixtures. So he blanked in one, two, three, four, five, six of those nine fixtures he blanked in. And one of those goals was a penalty. So he scored two open play goals against the top six teams, or the top five teams. So it's pretty clear that we can't expect Ronaldo to score in every game because against the better teams, he might struggle. Now, this is obviously Serie A. And how do the Serie A defences compare to the Premier League defence? It's very, very difficult to say, isn't it? Um, maybe the top Italian teams have better defences than the top Premier League teams. But it's certainly food for thought. And that, that idea that, oh, fixtures don't matter, it's Ronaldo, that looks nonsense. Yeah. It does matter. Well, that, 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 that is something that I never agreed with. I never agreed with this whole, he's going to be a perma-captain every week and you're never going to consider any other options. I think that's just, <clears throat> that's just complete nonsense because you're always going to be looking at the fixtures. It's not like Salah is suddenly a worse option it's because United have signed Ronaldo. It's completely nonsensical. So there's always going to be a bit of chopping and changing based on the fixture and, and things like that. Um but it is kind of encouraging in a way that he does the best against the lower sides because that's what I want. <laughs> Just a bit. Look at this. Against the bottom six, right? Against the bottom six, 13 goals in 10 starts against the bottom six. That See, that, Crazy. that is nuts, right? So almost half of his goals came against the bottom six. Mm. He got 29 goals, 13 against the bottom six. Um, and that's just comparison to Lukaku. Lukaku got six goals against the top six, but three of those were penalties. So he only got three open play goals, only one more than Ronaldo. Um, Lukaku got, um, I think, 10 goals in 11 starts against the bottom six and not as many as Ronaldo. But again, he was a flat track bully as well. But there is no, this data suggests to me that if you don't have Ronaldo against a weak team, you're in trouble. He could go massive against them. If you're captaining Ronaldo regardless of fixture, so if it's Man City at home, Liverpool away, Chelsea at home, don't don't necessarily think he's going to get mm. a return because in six of nine, he didn't against the top six last year. So there, there, there's something to learn from that, right? 
Um, if only he had a good fixture in his first well, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, exactly. But, I mean, in a way, you don't want that Newcastle fixture. You want that Newcastle fixture when he's bedded in and United have had some training sessions with him. Let's, not, let's face it, he's going to be back with United Wednesday and he plays Saturday. What they, what mm. they can get out of him for that game. I mean, he's brilliant enough to bring something out, you know, obviously. But they're not going to have a, they're not going to have a game plan that, you know, translates to involving him and getting him on the ball and that kind of thing. It's, it's going to be difficult for him to immediately adjust, I think. But we'll see. He can still do damage, definitely. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get a hat-trick, but he, I think he'll score because this data suggests that against weak teams, he just does it, right? Um, and presumably that's because they can't, they can't track his runs. They can't track, they can't cut out the balls into the box. It's not because he scores goals from outside the box against them because he doesn't do that anymore. It's just their marking, their defensive concentration, I guess. And against teams that lack that, he's going to do well and in a big way. Let's look at the next thing I've got here, which is the, the shot share at Juventus and against the shot share at United. Because this is interesting. This is more about how United will have to change as a result of having Ronaldo in the team. Ronaldo had 28% of Juventus's shots last season, a shot every 16.7 minutes. No one at United had that share last season. Fernandez had the most, 21.9. So you've got to think, when we're thinking about the impact on Fernandez, it's not just going to be the penalties. Fernandez can't maintain a 21% level of shot mm. share whilst Ronaldo is there, right? <laughs> Gradually, I'd expect Bruno's shots to go down as, as Ronaldo settles in. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Like, against Newcastle, if they have 10 shots, you know, do we expect Ronaldo to have six of them and Bruno to have a couple? I, I think... You know, Bruno will still be the player we've known for a few more weeks. It will take time for him to transition into a new role, but I think we can expect him to be taking fewer shots. He's going to yeah. have to. Because well, he, he, he's, he's been the man who, who has had to drive United to so many wins mm. and points over the last, what, year and a half. And he will have less of a burden to do that now because it's going to be falling on Ronaldo to, to make that happen. So there's going to be times when Fernando probably would have shot or would have driven and he's going he's to give the ball to Ronaldo. I've got no doubt on that. But do, do you think that Ronaldo <clears throat> will come in and within four or five weeks be having 30% of their shot? Because that's what he's had at Juventus. That's what To produce those numbers, he's had to have had 30% of that team's shot. And my question is, how quickly will he get to that level in United's team when you've got Rashford and Greenwood also, players who like to shoot? You know, United aren't going to get another 200 shots a season, I don't think. I think mean, mm. they're going to get a few more shots, but it's about the share. It's about... Who's taking the shots now? And my question is, I don't know how quickly Ronaldo will shift to being that player who takes 30% of his team's shots. Yeah. Well, and, and you look at the players at Juventus there, like Chiesa, Morata, Dybala, that they've, they're, they're just not the, they're not like the big names, are they? They're not like, I don't know, like Sancho is, for example, like he's, he's going to, he's 75 million pound player. He can't mm. just always give the ball off to Ronaldo and not try and drive and, and shoot. Greenwood, his, his, he's going to learn from now. Greenwood's probably going to take more shots given that he's going to be learning from Ronaldo and seeing how he operates and, and plays. I think it's just Fernandez that's going, to, that's going to drop back with the shots. I can't see... And Rashford, there's absolutely no way Rashford is going to, well, is going to fall back. I mean, he, he takes loads. Like, this like this is my list. point. Right? This is my point. I think, I think two things here. One, I don't think the transition from Ronaldo into that team and suddenly having the bulk of their shots is going to happen overnight because I think it's going to take time for players like Rashford, Bruno and Greenwood 
to settle into a pattern where actually I don't cut inside and take a shot. I go outside and try and cross the ball. Mm. Because that's what Ronaldo I want. Because it's like you said, we are going to get scenes in the first few games, I imagine, where Greenwood cuts inside, fires in a shot, and Ronaldo looks at him and goes, what are you doing? Yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> right? Rashford is that player as well. Rashford's not a winger. Greenwood's not a winger. They're not players who are in the team to get Ronaldo service, are they? No. And I think that's a problem. I think when we look at the next screen, that's the issue we've got, is that in Juventus' team, he got service. In United's team, they haven't got any wingers. They haven't, they haven't got players other than Sancho. That's why Sancho is going to be so important. I think you said mm. Sancho could be the one to get if you can't afford Ronaldo. Sancho's got to be in that team because I don't see where the crosses are going to come from otherwise. And Ronaldo is a player well, they're, who they're, they're, they're going to come from on Shaw and Wan-Bissaka, aren't they? Well, yeah, maybe. Wan-Bissaka's I mean, Wan-Bissaka not can't, can't bloody cross. Well, it's going to be Shaw. Shaw, Shaw could, could benefit from, from this then. Yeah, but are you going to be able to say to Rashford, I know you love cutting inside and taking a shot, but we don't want you to do that anymore. And to Greenwood, who's 19 years old, who wants to get goals, no, 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 you can't be doing that anymore. You need to be getting the ball in the box with Ronaldo. I think it's difficult. I think that's a big task for Ole to, to get the most out of Ronaldo. He's going to have to say to Rashford and Greenwood, don't cut inside and shoot as often as you do, isn't he? But those, but those two players can't cross. No, I well, and no, Because they're, they're, they're not out-and-out wingers. So there's no, there's no point in forcing them out wide to putting crap balls into Ronaldo. In, in some ways, having them cutting inside and shooting is going to help Ronaldo because he's going to be the one picking up the pieces and hovering around in, in that kind of area. I, I think Sancho's got to play because I think he's going to need service from out wide. Oh, well, Sancho's a, Sancho's a lock. Like he's he's going to play left or right every right. every game once he's up to speed. I think, you know, there's, there's no way he, they paid 70 million for him to, for him to not play. Um, right. Next guide is Ronaldo's supply. And this is where it gets interesting, right? You said you, he didn't get the service at Juventus. Open play crosses, ranked first in Serie A. Open play crosses accuracy, ranked first in Serie A. Shots in the six-yard box, ranked third. Goals in the six-yard box, ranked second. They absolutely were set up to get mm. the ball into the box for Ronaldo, and they were the best in the league at crossing the ball in terms of volume of crosses and accuracy of crosses. You look at United last season, open play crosses, 17th. Yeah. Accuracy 14th, and then shots in the six yard box 13th, goals in the six yard box 12th. So they've got to change completely. They've, if, if Ronaldo's going to take those numbers that we saw that are so encouraging that make you think he's a 10 out of 10, United have got to change all that because they, they've got to get the ball in the box and they've got to get players in the team who can cross. And if you look at the players table below, you're absolutely right. Shaw is the best source of crosses, but he's 30th in the league in terms of minutes per open play cross. He's not in the top echelons by any means and mm. if you look at Greenwood and Rashford they're miles away miles away so if they're going to be in the team they ain't going to get crosses from them so basically you keep Luke Shaw but Ollie has got to change that team he's got to suddenly turn them into a team who can get crosses into the box because mm. otherwise Ronaldo won't get the goals and shot volume that we've seen at Juventus I don't think because if, it can't be a coincidence Juventus were the best in Serie A crossing the ball that's got to be. Oh something. no, absolutely. Right. I mean, this, this this is this is a hell of a this is a hell of an analysis. I have to say, you're getting called a genius in the chat, Mark. To say no, uh, but this this is this is next level research. I mean, the thing is, like, a lot of the time, the, the the tactics United had didn't work. That tactic of always just trying to beat everyone with pace and run and cut inside and stuff. There were teams that just found them out and they just couldn't get past them and they and they didn't play well. So, in some ways, Ronaldo was giving them another option which they haven't really had, which is that kind of target man yeah. um, up front, like to, to aim at. 
But I do also worry that they're going to just be putting, it's going to be quite easy for a team like United. And we saw it before under like Mourinho and Van Hull. They just get a bit frustrated and they just start lumping balls in, into the box, which just get hoovered up by defenders. And then Ronaldo, and that, that cuts out the service. I can just see it now. Wan-Bissaka putting in 20 crosses into the box and well, they all just get headed away at the first They, they were after Chippier. If Chippier was in this team, Ronaldo Absolutely. would be rubbing his hands. Right? So I, yeah. I do think there'll be a supply issue because I think that he is used to getting the best supply of crosses in the league. He's not going to get that at United, not overnight. I mean, they're going to have to get Sancho in that team or they're going to have to teach Rashford and Greenwood how to cross or they're just relying on Shaw from out on the left or Bruno to play crosses in from infield. Well, how, how is Sancho's crossing? Sancho doesn't strike me as someone I, I haven't looked at his data, but he, he is someone who's used to playing with Haaland, so you've got to think that he's used to mm. supplying a striker, right? So I, I think he's crucial to getting the best out of Ronaldo. But I do look at that and think Greenwood's place in the team for two reasons. He can't cross a ball because he's not natural, and he will cut inside and shoot. And that's not what you need when you've got Ronaldo in the team. So I don't think Greenwood can stay in that team unless Rashford's not going to get back in the team. They can't have both of them. There's no way they can have Rashford and Greenwood either side of Ronaldo who's, star, who's looking for service and he's got two inside strikers playing with him. He needs wingers. He needs width. He needs crosses. And that's what he got at Juventus. And I don't think off the bat he's going to get that at United. Ollie's got a job to do to get the best out of him. Really, that's that's where, okay. I'll, I'll leave it there. Well, I'll leave it there. It's, it's, it's excellent. It's, it's, it, it definitely has given me a lot. I mean, Slaughter PFK makes a very good point in the chat though that Cavani had a very successful yes. season at United last season. They got the, him with service. With these kind of players and because yeah. they, they, they did manage to get him service. Yeah. So if it was completely the case of Ronaldo was not going to get any service and you know Cavani wouldn't have got the goals that, that he got and he got some... some no, they, some they can goals. do it. I'm not saying they can't do it. it I mean, they, these are top-class players, right? I don't think Greenwood and Rashford can do it. I think one of those will have to be out of the team. I can't see him playing with both of them. I do think he'll need Sancho in there. And yeah, Wan-Bissaka and Shaw can get better. They're going to have to put in a higher volume of crosses. Like 17th mm. last season for open play crosses. They're going to have to change that. If you've got Ronaldo or Cavani in team, you've got, if you're going to get the most out of them, you need to be amongst the top teams for getting balls into the box. And, and Chelsea were, right? You know, you know, that's the difference with Lukaku. Chelsea crossed the ball a lot and did last season. So I, I'm not saying they can't do it. And within three or four weeks, United could be right up there and Ronaldo flying. I'm just saying, for that Newcastle game, United, unless they've managed to somehow change the way they play overnight, mm. may not get him a lot of service in that first game. And it might yeah. take three or four weeks. I, I think we, we're going to see Fernandes and Pogba drifting out, aren't we? To, to be able to put those balls in. Because they're, they're, they're the ones with the yeah. real quality to make, yeah. make those deliveries. I mean, Pogba's going to absolutely love playing with well, Ronaldo. The intelligence he's going to have and, and you know, to make the pass and Ronaldo to be... I reckon those two, the... I think a lot of Ronaldo's successes at United is going to depend on the relationship he can build with Pogba. Yeah, Pogba wasn't ranked very well for open play courses last season. So he's going to have to, he was sixth, he was the next mm. player on the list. So he it wasn't part of his game last season, but it might have to be this season, particularly if he goes on the list. It's going to be the over-the-top ball, I think, that he's going to be looking to get. Does he together. have the pace to beat defenders? He probably does, but it's not his game, really. It's a semi-Vardi, though, isn't it? It's a semi-Vardi. It's, it's, it's hanging off the last man and making, has, making the time runs. He still has enough pace to make that work, yeah. I don't yeah. think he's not as quick as he was, obviously, right? And and obviously his pace is not going to be... He's going to go down. He's going to degrade. Like, next season, He's not. that's not maybe not part of his game. I don't think that's the 
The best port of call to get him goals is to get crosses in. Juventus, mm. it's shown by Juventus being top, right? Yeah. They obviously worked it out that if Ronaldo's going to do things for us and get us these goals, we need to get the ball into the box. Well, it's, it's his heading right? ability. It's his heading yeah. ability. Like, we're, we're still going to see a, 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 an amount of through balls that, that go through to his feet that he runs onto and, and tries to score. But you've got to use, I mean, he's, he's the best header of the ball ever to ever play the game, probably. The, the leap he has and the, the amount of headed goals he gets. one of the best gets. leaps I've ever seen. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. The I way he can has, hang in the air. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, I think he's what, the best What I would say about that is I do think Premier League defenders are better in the air than Serie A defenders. In the top teams, mm. they have good defenders who can win the ball in the air. I think he'll have more of a task because the weaker teams have good defenders in the air, right? You look at Burnley, you look at... Burnley don't. Burnley have conceded the well, most headed chances. They, they should have. They should be able to deal with him right? <laughs> on paper, would. but they're not winning yeah. headers, right? And that, that's ben to do White with the... ain't winning a header against Ronaldo. No, I'll tell you it's that. To do with... No, of course not. It's to do with the quality of the service. Like, you can mm. have Ronaldo in there, but they've got to get balls in. So, United... Oli's got to look at United's play and go, we need to get more crosses into the box because we're not. We're amongst the worst teams in the league for volumes of crosses. And accuracy's not great either, 14th. It's not, it's not like they had few crosses, but they were really good at them. They weren't. They were 14th. So, and Luke Shaw, for me, is a, he's a keeper because if Ronaldo's going to get 25 goals, absolutely. Shaw's going to get 10 assists. Yeah, absolutely. It makes, it makes Shaw a, a much more attractive proposition. I yeah, because I think he's the best stuff. at hanging the ball up. Right? We've seen it. Mm. Um, so I think Shaw... But I, 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 I just look at this as evidence that let's not expect Ronaldo to fly straight from the off because... The service he thrives on is not going to be forthcoming, I don't think, for a few weeks. He, but he will thrive at the start because he's got Newcastle at home. Yeah, I and mean, you, you, that's that's the thing. Defensive I, errors aren't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I, I think yeah. if you if you don't get Ronaldo for Newcastle at home, you don't get him. Yeah, I agree. That's that's, that's genuine. Well, that's, that's that's what I said on on the on the on the podcast for Scout yesterday. I think you know with West Ham, Villa, Everton, Leicester, Liverpool, Tottenham, Man City. I think you can avoid it. It's just that Newcastle game really that's. And then you've got him and you don't yeah. want to use a transfer to Lukaku. Now, the big thing I would say next on this, because we've looked at it and we've looked at the fact that he scored three goals against the top six teams or top five teams, United's fixtures. So if you look at the ticker from game week five to 14, they are bottom of the ticker, right? So mm. after Newcastle, they have got the worst set of fixtures all the way up to first 14, right? And we've seen how he didn't score against the better teams in Serie A. So... Do you think he can suddenly, well, not suddenly, perhaps in previous seasons, he hasn't scored against the top teams. It's one season's data. But that would suggest that he's not going to immediately going to score lots of goals against Everton at home, Liverpool at home, Tottenham away, Man City at home, Chelsea away, doesn't it? You not think? But he's Ronaldo. I know, I know. See, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, they've got yeah. the worst fixtures. It's not, it's not you know, mm. this is fact. They've got the worst fixtures between 5 and 14. So you're getting him in for Newcastle, and then after that, he has got to perform against the better teams. And he didn't well, he, do that last season. Well, he has, but then, you know, Chelsea's fixtures are bad until game week seven as well. And that's when and that's when you can potentially move and, and switch them switch them around, right? You can do you can do Ronaldo to Lukaku really easily if if, yeah, if, if and you that, are and worried if you are worried yeah. about those fixtures. Yeah, and that I mean, probably if, promotes that, yeah. If 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 Ronaldo comes into this team and he does score against, you know, Villa, Everton and all the teams, then you've got to think that, okay, this is this is someone who is going to carry on this run. And if he doesn't, then it's an easy move. So that's what I mean. I think if you're if you're wildcarding at this stage, I think Ronaldo is the one that you you pick because he's got that Newcastle game and then you kind of you've you've got a bit of a buffer to assess it. Cause I'm not expecting Lukaku to hit massive, massive hauls until we need him in game week seven. 
which is why I prefer Ronaldo going into going into it, which is why I'd move for him over over Lukaku. But I agree. I mean, from I, I think three premiums does does kill your side. And I don't know, looking at Liverpool, Spurs, City, Chelsea in, you know, three of those four games. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. And you, you, it's hard to justify going with, going with three of them. I mean, because you're, you're not going to captain any of those. Bear in mind that, you know, we've shown that United have got to adjust. They've got to change the way they play. So they've got to do that whilst playing their most difficult period of the season in terms of fixtures. It's not, yeah. I, I, it, it, so Ronaldo, I don't think will be a massive player in terms of huge hauls for this run. I think he'll score goals. Will he outscore Salah? Will he outscore Lukaku? I don't know. I, I don't think he will. I think Lukaku has got better fixtures and I think he's got more routes to goal and he's got a team that play to his strengths quick, will play to his strengths quicker than United will get up to speed with Ronaldo. And I think Salah is Salah. He gets extra points for the goals and clean sheets anyway. I Salah think, is Salah. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, we know we know what we're going to get with Salah, and their fixtures aren't bad. They've got some good home games. You know, Crystal Palace, Brighton, Southampton, and away games: Brentford, Watford. I mean, maybe they're not easy, but I'd still, I'd still, I think with this run five to fourteen, Salah and Lukaku will outscore Ronaldo. That's my prediction. Yeah, well, Depending from, from on game, how quickly United get up to speed with him. Right? From game week seven, Lukaku is the best asset in the game, without without a doubt. Well, that run, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. there's no way you talk about perma captain Southampton at home Brentford away Norwich at home Newcastle away Burnley at home that's literally ridiculous I can't right. ever remember a run as being that good except for United's in game 15 when they got Palace Norwich Brentford Brighton Newcastle Burnley Wolves that's a crazy run as well yeah. but I mean United's yeah. fixtures on from 14 onwards are crazy right so you've yeah. you kind of Absolutely. got to go over to Ronaldo after that yeah. I looked at the captains as well right these are the captains from game week 4 Onwards, and I went up to 17 just to highlight the switch. But if you generally look at the captains and you've got Salah and Lukaku, after this Newcastle game, and arguably Lukaku at home to Villa, I think it's not far off being as good as Ronaldo at home to Newcastle, I think. Because when I was going to arrive, having been at United, trained within two days, you know, he may, I think he'll score, but I don't think he's going to get a big haul. I think Lukaku scores against Villa and he could get a big haul, right? He's a they're not going to have Martinez in goal. And you saw how many goals Martinez stopped last season. So I think Lukaku could do better than Ronaldo this week. After that, I don't think Ronaldo is a better captain than Salah and Lukaku until game week 15. Maybe 14. You've got Lukaku at Watford and you've got Ronaldo at home to Arsenal. If Arsenal are what they are now, then you back Ronaldo, right? But Lukaku at Watford isn't terrible. Game week 12, you've got Salah at home to Arsenal or Ronaldo at Watford. Again, it depends what Arsenal are. But I think if you don't have Ronaldo, you're okay for the captaincy with Salah and Lukaku all the way through. When you get to 15, you're in real trouble because United's fixtures are ridiculous from that point on. So the other thing to think about is, you know, who are you going to captain him? Because you get a 12.5 player in, you want to captain him for about at least a third of the time. But I don't think that will be the case, necessarily. <laughs> I... I I think if Ronaldo comes in against Newcastle and looks sharp and it looks like they've got the tactics that are going to get the most out of him, you captain him every week until seven. Yeah, over Salah. Is it likely they're going to immediately start putting crosses into the box of quality when they didn't? All well, last he doesn't. Just, he doesn't just need crosses. It's, I know. I know the cross thing is important, but that's not. That's not. It's not like if you stop a cross to Ronaldo, he's never going to score a goal. Like he's he's score. He's he's you know he he won the Golden Boot of the Euros, and it's not just as simple often as as that. I mean, this is 
this is a play they've got they've got options you know they've got the through balls they've got ways of getting the ball to him that, is, that isn't just crosses to him and I'm going to say it it's it's Ronaldo right yeah. he, he has to, he has to be taken with with a different West Ham away isn't a particularly easy game but it's Ronaldo I know that, that's it but, but that's the trouble it's like how big is that it's Ronaldo factor I think what I wanted to show tonight is it perhaps isn't as big as we think because we don't know how much Juventus's style of play generated that shot volume and that amount of goals. I think it's not a coincidence that they were the mm. best in the league for crosses and they were the best, you know, they were second or third for six-yard box efforts, right? They, they got him service, right? So to what degree is he dependent on that service? It's difficult to say. Mm. I think there is a percentage of his goals that relied on that service. I still think he scores against Newcastle because defensive errors will give him chances, right? The quality of the defender he's facing is going to be a big factor. But I do think from 5 to 14, he comes up against some tough defences, right? I don't think he's going to get a lot of chances in some of those games. But we'll see. I mean, and this is why it's fascinating. I, and I just wanted to use this show to just calm people down a bit when, they, when they're saying, oh, 200 shots, look how that compares to Salah. Mm. It's like, well, you know, 50 were blocked. Look at the way that those, where those chances come from. Look at the service he got. And I think we've got a player here who is somewhere between or amongst Kane, Lukaku and Salah in terms of FBL output. I don't think he's 20. Do you know, do you know how many headed goals Ronaldo got compared to six, six, I think I saw that. Yeah. It's not that many. I did look six at Six headed goals. So, six even or seven, all, yeah. so even with all that quality of, of, of crossing, he still didn't yeah, get but that it's, many It's goals also from. crosses along the ground into the six yard box mm. as well. It's like, um, yeah, I mean, he just, he just needs ball into the box. Ball to feet. Yeah. I mean, We'll see what he does. Is he as good as Lukaku ball to feet back to goal? I don't think so. Mm. Oh, no, definitely not. I think Lukaku's so, probably one of the best in the world for that. There are, Along with Chris Wood. Yeah, of course. There are types <laughs> of goals that he no longer scores, and that is you know beating two men, cutting inside and curling it from 25 yards. He isn't going to do that too often. He might get one of those. He did last year, but most of his goals will be in the penalty box. So that means he needs service. So I just think United need to change the way they play a bit because they haven't been doing... Yeah the things that Juventus did. And it'll take a few weeks. They'll do it, I think, because Sancho, I think, is the key man. I think he's going to be... It'll be interesting to see how United's tactics change when Cavani started, for example, mm, compared, to when, compared to when they had Martial. Because you yeah. think with Martial, they'd be looking for, you know, to play along the ground and get his speed and, and, and things, whereas Cavani, they might be looking to put more balls in. Maybe, maybe I'll do a bit of research on that. For yeah, you. have a look at give that. Me, I mean, I do, I do think he got a few headers, didn't he? He also got scraps goal, you know, mm. like he, he's only putting in rebounds of his own shots and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'll have a look at Cavani. Have a look at Cavani, see how he compared and see how United yeah. changed for that. But, I mean, they can do it. I'm not saying that, you know, within two or three weeks, I think they'll be getting crosses in the box and he'll get loads of service. Mm. But the trouble is then, he's facing better teams then. I, I think right? I think my, my favourite quote on Twitter this week when Ronaldo signed was, I don't need Ronaldo, but I want Ronaldo. Yeah. And, I, and I, I like that because I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think he's essential because I think you can build a team with Lukaku. I think you could go with a, a forward line of Antonio, Calvert-Lewin and Jimenez. And, and do pretty well you know I, know I know it's Ronaldo but these are still players I expect other players aren't going to get worse just because Ronaldo's in the league you know doing no. well like Ronaldo <laughs> still Ronaldo has to well, reach quite high Greenwood levels Greenwood and Rashford might and Bruno well, yeah, might that's true. Like United, three, United might. players might yeah. but like Salah isn't going to be a worse option because Ronaldo's no. or whatever no. so but there is that but you know I know I know it, it's, it's biased but like I, like I said at the start it's such an exciting signing I think for the league and, and for him to come back and with Newcastle at home in the first game I'm 
I'm just going to go there because, you know, I, I, I play this game to enjoy it. I play it for the love of watching football and it's just such a iconic moment, I think. And it's such a shame it's not going to be on, on not going to be televised. And so, because they haven't got Is the rights. Not? They haven't got the rights to it. No. Right. Okay. No, so well, that's we, going to be less painful for me then. I mean, it's going to be hard <laughs> watching a game where you don't have an Aldo, which is could be me for like next 10, yeah. 13 game week. It's going to be horrible. Really hard. I mean, I've got Bruno in that Newcastle game, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I, I look at this and think there's a reason to plan not to do it. But when you actually see him in a United shirt doing the things that he's going to do and exploiting the space that Newcastle will probably give him because they're not as good defensively as some other teams. It's mm. going to be hard not to get him in from that point on. I, I agree. But I've got an inkling that that we are overstating what he's going to do a little bit. I think he's, like I say, he's going to be in the same bracket as Salah, Kane and 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 Bruno maybe. not Bruno we knew. He's going to be worth 12-5. I don't think he's going to be 20-30% better than Salah or Kane. I, think, I still think Kane... And Lukaku will get more goals than Ronaldo next season. This season, I, I, Kane depends on how Spurs adjust under Nuno. They look as though they're not scoring as many goals, and so maybe not him. But I think Lukaku will get more goals. And I, think, more you know, I, th- I think Ronaldo gets the golden boot. Right, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. I mean, just want to say it's United v Newcastle and Chelsea v Villa on the Saturday. Match of the day challenge. No, well, we can't do that. That'd be too painful. Um, let's look at our teams briefly. We're going to do more of this next week when we look at our teams in a bit more detail. This is your team in a moment, as. Um, are you making a transfer? Are you rolling? What are you doing? Uh, I've got Sanchez in goal, Trent, Sufal, Veltman, Salah, Fernandez, Grealish, Ben Rama, Ings, Antonio, and Tony, and then Foster, Simagas, Livermento, and Gilmore. So, not a lot of options on my bench, really. Uh, my plans are to do Fernandez and Tony to Torres and Ronaldo. Yeah, that's nice. Which, isn't it? which seems like quite a quite a big upgrade. I mean, I could lose Ings and keep Tony, but then I have got double Brighton defence, and it seems a bit, at least you know, uh, in terms of potential for my side. Because you know, all the, with these clashes, I always like to try and get like the potential. You know, and the, probably the best case scenario is I get a clean sheet from Brighton and Ings gets a scrappy goal against Chelsea, and then Ronaldo does something. Whereas if I lose Ings. I don't even know what I'm hoping for in that Brighton game. Well, other than a Brighton win well, but for my for my players, mm-hmm. so I think it's probably going to be Tony that that leaves, even though he's got the better fixture on paper. Yeah, I mean they've got they've got two good games left, Brentford, and then it gets tough for them. I think if I mm-hmm. remember rightly, um, just have a look. Brentford's uh, where were they? Yeah, Wol- yeah, they've got Wolves after this after the Brighton game. Then look at that run. You know, Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea, Leicester. Very tough for Tony at that point. You've got to think. If if I do if we do get news that Ronaldo isn't going to be ready, like if Ole says, "Oh, he needs another few days" or, or something like that, I'll get Lukaku. Mm, will you? Because because right. like I said, I think if it's that Newcastle game that's just so incredibly appealing, and I yeah. think I would just get Lukaku and and have that in place to save me a transfer sort of further down the line. Um, because yeah, I, I don't think there is a huge amount in it between Lukaku and Ronaldo this week, but I think Ronaldo's got the probably got the bigger ceiling against Newcastle because just because of how bad Newcastle are. Okay. Um, the, sorry, the, just the other option I could do would, would be, if back? I don't if I don't go for Torres, I could yep. go for someone a bit cheaper, like Traore at six, um, and then that gives me a bit of money to strengthen. Because I'm worried about my defence, mm. basically. Because with this team, I'm basically playing Trent, Sufan, Veltman every week. Because Livermento hasn't got a very good game. Simicas is out of the squad. I need to upgrade it the week after next. And then if I do Tony and um, and Fernandez out, then it doesn't leave me with much to upgrade the defenders. So yeah, I mean, I, you could get 
Torres in for a couple of games, then when he when the fixtures stiffen and the Bueno and Foden is back, then move down, I guess. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I think I... they got Southampton the week after this one, haven't they? Um, City's fixtures are pretty good for the next two. Yeah, Southampton game week five, and then it toughens up a bit. Well, Chelsea, Liverpool away are two very tough games. So you could make the move at that point. Because I think the false mm. nine might come out at Chelsea and Liverpool. I think they're the games that Torres might not start. Yeah. Uh, if if um, Cavalloon is fit as well, just just to mention, I might take a minus eight, which involves getting rid of Ings, Tony, and Fernandez, and getting Cavalloon, Ronaldo, wow, massive surgery, Torres. massive okay. surgery. Blimey. But does does, does Cavalloon outscore Ings by four points with Burnley at home if he's fit? You'd think, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd think he probably would. So if I yeah. can pay that off and and not have to worry about that, it's another transfer. I mean, I will me. say Cavalloon has got two pens, and he right, so he, he's. Mm. You know, he's three goals or two of them have been pens, which we didn't even see at the start of the season. He'd be taking but... that Burnley game worries me. The amount yeah, of shots they can see in the box, and they then they're all about getting the ball to Calvert-Lewin. I mean, I think someone said in the chat, imagine if Ronaldo was at Everton, <laughs> the amount of crosses they get in uh, to to Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, I mean, it is very similar, isn't it? The way they've got to get service to Calvert-Lewin, that's what United have got to think about Ronaldo because Calvert-Lewin doesn't doesn't run the channels. He doesn't come and do build-up mm. play, and that obviously Ronaldo is a different level to Calvert-Lewin, but. I do think that it's a very similar kind of tactic that United mm. have got to take in that, well, we don't include him in the build-up. We don't look to him in the run channels. Just keep him in the box and we've got to get the ball into him somewhere. And Everton do it, right? They've been doing it. So it's easy to work. It's easy to do. It's whether they can execute it. And Everton have been doing that. Um, I'm not going to make any transfers. Um, and I have got the two Brighton players in there with Mbomo playing against them. It's the best I can do. I, I, mm. It's either going to be Brentford score or I get a clean sheet. Um, so I, my tactic is to take Bruno into game week four. Obviously, I can't get rid of him then because he plays Newcastle. I captain Lukaku as a differential, obviously, because I don't think many teams will have. I mean, teams are selling him, for God's sake. Um, I hope at Saar and Mbomo with home games because they certainly, I mean, Mbomo looked good in the first game against Arsenal at home. Saar looked really good in the first home game against Villa. Hopefully, I get something out of one of those two. And Lukaku comes in. I've got to rely on that. And then the next game week with two transfers, it'll be Bruno out, probably for Torres. And then I will go Simicast to Bam- Bamford, probably, or Simicast to Calvert Lewin to give myself a bit more squad depth because it is thin. But if I get rid of Bruno, go Torres, Simic, um, uh, sorry, Perica, not Simicast, Perica to Bamford, that still leaves me with a million and a half, and that will be my money I'll yeah. use to get the Chelsea defender. So that's the plan at the moment. Um, so I won't be holding three heavy hitters beyond this week. But um, this week I'll be rolling and hoping, hoping to God that Lukaku, Saar or Bomo do something this week after last week's blank. You maybe think maybe I should just keep Tony now if you're doing... If you're rocking with the well, clash. I, I, the way I look at it is that it easily could be nil-nil. I think Brighton go there with obviously strong defence. I think I would tip Brentford to score. I'm not expecting. I'm expecting that outcome rather than the clean sheet. But you know, will Veltman start? Do you reckon? As? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd look at his numbers from the 45 minutes he was on. I mean, we didn't really see much because all we saw was him giving away the penalty. Yeah. But he just offers. He, he played on the left, and he, he offered. He offered quite a lot going forward. He won't play on the left again this this game. But in terms of like his interceptions and his his blocks and and stuff, like he's 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 way ahead of of Gross in in that regard on on the right. He'll he'll, he'll definitely start. Okay. I'm sure he will. Let's look at the apprentices teams. Uh, Henry came in for sixty two. Both the apprentices beat us this week. As by the way, three hours for them both. Um, of course they did. 
Henry captained uh, Antonio. He also had Son in there. He had the Tony return as well and the Salah, of course. And he's, he played yeah. Simicass. He played Simicass over, and well, he does as well as Livermento, to be fair, didn't he? So, well, yeah. I guess he 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 gambled on Robertson not coming straight back in. Um, you know, he's got a, a decent bench now, Livermento and Mope there. I don't know what he's doing yet. I haven't spoken to him about his approach to Ronaldo. He obviously has heard of Ronaldo, so um, I wonder what he'll do with that. Um, so I will have a conversation with him soon about that. Interesting that he played Pissouma over Mope. Obviously, the flag affected his call on that because we kind of knew that Mope was going to be fit from the press conferences but he was still flagged well that's it so he's it. not privy to Twitter well, he's exactly. not privy to just... scout that's where it shows right but it hasn't yeah. hurt him that much at the moment so it's interesting no. that we'll look at the league table in a minute Natalie got 63 so she beat Henry by one uh, obviously Natalie has got all the data and all the Twitter input um, she also captained Antonio and um, she's hanging on to Goss and Adams at the moment, but I imagine you're going to be talking to her very soon about looking, not directly at getting rid of those, but you're going to be pushing her in that direction, I imagine, are you? As in well, she, she messaged me the other day uh, right. and just said, as, and I was like, yeah. She was like, I think I'm going to wildcard this week. Oh, she's wildcarding this week. So I, I said to well, her... that's really interesting. So do you know what's driven her to that? Uh, she said she's, she feels like she's kind of falling behind with some of the players that she wants. And she doesn't feel like she's able to get them without taking lots of hits. Okay, so, so she want- we need to do a wildcard special with her next week. We need well, to she hasn't confirmed it. I said to her, I looked at her team and I said, just look at your team and mm. write, you know, are there real problems with this that you can't address with maybe a minus four? Because I don't think her team is that bad. No. I, I think I think having Calvert-Lewin, Antonio, Fernandez, Rafinha, Salah, Trent, Cancelo, these are all good players. Mm. And so who would she really be wildcarding for? Even, even Martinez, for example, is going to miss out, but she's going to have Steer coming in. So she's going to have a goalkeeper. Mm. I don't know, is Steer? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's going to be second choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh God, so I'm getting confused with Steel. <laughs> Steel's no, yeah, a Brian, yeah, the Brian keeper. Yeah, yeah so... I don't know, unless she unless she's like desperate to get in Lukaku or Ronaldo, then Well she then... can do it though. Bruno out and Adams out, she could get a cheaper midfielder and yeah. upgrade Adams quite easily and that would solve yeah. two with, problems. With just a, with just a minus four. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think her team here needs needs a wildcard personally. Has she gone on Twitter and asked for any guidance on that? Because obviously uh, you think, can't give her guidance, but Twitter I, can. I don't think she has yet. Okay. I didn't give her guidance. I, ju- I just said to her, you know, just think about the players, just think about your team and do you mm. really need to do it? Because the wildcard is such a important chip mm. um, to use. So well, I haven't caught sure. up with him yet. I'll see if he's thinking of the same. This is the league situation at the moment. So the bottom table is the Apprentice League. I'm topped by one point ahead of Az. Henry's five points behind Az. And then we've got Natalie, who's 15 behind Az and 16 behind me. So not much in it at all. Uh, Henry's doing well, though, considering he's not got any data, no mm. input from Twitter. All he's using is the articles on the Premier League site at the moment. And I'm going to leave it like that for a while. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if Natalie does wildcard and use all the tools at her disposal to get mm. the best wildcard possible because Henry won't have that. Um, so I'll catch up with Henry before the weekend and find out where his head's at. And um, and then we might do a, a short video next week, depending on where Natalie is on that. Yeah. But we will, of course, be back with the preview next week as well. But let's just touch on the Black Box League because Ryan Quinn is sixth in the world, has. Wow. A big hey. shout out to Ryan. That is very impressive. Yeah, so um, he's been he's been he's been flying two nine nine, top of the scout league ahead of Fortune Akona on two nine five, Rakesh Partaban two eight nine, Sean McGarry two eight nine as well, and then Daniel Osai two eight six. So keep going, Ryan. Fantastic work. 
If you want to join our league, uh, Ash, do you want to read the code out? Because no, I always get it wrong. Go on, leave it yeah, to you. Yeah, leaving it to me. Uh, VJNG38. Yeah, join our league. Um, see if you can get onto this table, the top 10 table. Um, and uh, yeah, I will be back next week. Now, there is a complication next week in that I am um, got a gig on Wednesday night, so we might have to do either Tuesday uh, or Thursday. I will come back to you on that as and confirm. So keep in touch with us yep. uh, on Twitter and we'll confirm when the show is. In next week's show, we will be pre- previewing game week four. We'll be looking more at our teams uh, and what Az is up to uh, and uh, a bit more analysis. And maybe I'll touch on Ronaldo a bit more with the Cavani date and so on. Hope it was interesting. Though. It was, wasn't it? It was kind of a no, different brilliant. take on it, I think. So it's, 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 it's brilliant stuff, yeah. And I think, you know, we're, it's going to be fascinating to see what United do because I do completely agree that the style they've got at the moment doesn't suit it. I think having... Having Ibrahimovic and seeing what he did and having Cavani around does mm. definitely make me think that they can make it make this work oh, with, yeah. with these things. If they didn't have either of those things, we would be really kind of worried. But I think it's gonna it's gonna work work out well for Ronaldo. And yeah, like I said, twenty goals minimum. Yep. Well, we'll see. I mean, one thing's for sure, it's gonna be really exciting, really interesting. And, you know, our season needed a bit of that even early on with the template as it is, but for sure. We'll see. We'll see. It's uh we'll see you next week and we'll do more of that. Thanks so much for watching. I guess like and subscribe, right? Ash? Yeah, I haven't done the old smash, the old smash uh, call. Get it in. Uh, if you like this and you're watching, 1796 watching. If you've liked Mark's overthinking, some people called it, other people <laughs> of course called it, it great is. analysis. Don't come uh, here for anything else, do you? <laughs> if you yeah. call it overthinking, then you clearly haven't watched Mark on, on Black Box uh before. This is just general thinking for, for it's underthinking, if anything. Yeah. Um, so if you've enjoyed all the research that Mark's done, which is amazing as always, uh, make sure you like the video and subscribe to the channel. We're at 18.1k now, Mark. So we are... Getting closer to wearing those suits. Yep. We're heading towards 20k and the suits will be on once we do that. So thank you everyone uh, for all your support. Okay. It's a good night for me. Good night, everyone. Podcast Network.